What is up, my good people? I hope you've had a nice week. As always, thank you for listening to Nostalgia and Now with your host, Laguna Biatch. It's Kelly. Again, I just hope you had an awesome week. Last week, obviously, Brittany took the stand during her hearing over her conservatorship. And I am going to get into that later with our friend Troy McKeady from the Dunzo podcast. Originally, I wanted to have like a knee-jerk, breaking news kind of podcast reaction to it. But I was like, no, 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 I need like, I need a fanatic. I need somebody who understands this in and out. And as someone who's a Britney Spears fan, I can still admit that I am not top tier. I love Britney. I will support Britney as much as I can, but I'm not someone who knows all the ins and outs of like her whole career. I know some deep cuts. I don't know all like the great deep cuts, but I know enough about it to have a conversation with someone who's an expert. You know what I mean? So yes, our good friend Troy will be joining later in the episode. I just want to say thank you guys. A lot of you actually Venmoed me to help with Gail's adoption fees, which was very, very helpful. So Gail is now in my possession. That sounds weird. I don't know why I said it that way, but Gail and Jolene are getting along just great. And I still can't believe I have two cats. Still can't believe I'm almost 30, single with two cats. But you know what? I think that this is what the universe like wanted for me. But I also wanted to say we did have, I did have extra from people, you know, Vemoing me, helping me um, donate to Gail, to adopt Gail. And I gave all the extra to the Catio Nashville, which is Nashville Cat Rescue. I don't know if you guys remember during the dark days of quarantine when I fostered two feral animals. I got them from Nashville Cat Rescue. So I've worked with them a lot. They're a really great company, really great nonprofit in the city. So I am very excited to have two cats now. Gail and Jolene are getting along really well, but I will tell you, Gail is a little chatty bitch. So you may hear her in the background just chirping, trying to talk to me. But I got to let her know like, hey, I'm busy. This is, I'm doing some work, okay, Gail? You can wait. Your story can wait. (laughs) But as you guys know, this past week, we celebrated four years of Laguna Biatch. And can I just say how crazy that is? We have basically graduated high school together. We have grown together. We have hopefully grown together, right? I like to think that everybody who I've met during my years running this page have been nothing but kind. Um, I know that in the past I've talked about like, negative DMs I get or negative reviews or whatever it is, but those are so few and far between and I wish I did not let them get to me the way I do. I just wanna say thank you guys for still hanging out. If you have been here since the beginning, we have graduated together. So as we go on, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Also, please don't think I was actually trying to sing. I'm an awful singer, I know it. If I could sing, it would be over for everybody. I'm just gonna throw it out there. If I could sing and dance, you know, it would be be over. I would be JoJo. But I know last week I got sentimental and I still mean everything I said. You know, there have been a lot of life changes for me personally running this page. I have moved halfway across the country. I lost my cousin who was like a brother to me. I have opened up a lot more about, you know, my mother's addiction and dealing with that. Now she's almost 150 days sober or probably even more than that now. She's been sober since like February 7th. And I'm just so grateful for that. And a lot of you have messaged me about addicts in your life and how you've been able to to work with them and everything like that. And I don't know, it's become more than just Laguna Beach in the Hills. I think we can all agree with that. I'm sorry if you can hear Gail in the background. She really wants to talk to you guys, but I don't think, I don't think I'm ready for her to guest star just yet. But I've said it once, I've said it a million times. This community is absolutely incredible. We work together. We have raised money for LGBTQ+. We've raised money for 
Black Lives Matter, we have cleared teachers lists, which I want to do again this year. And probably end of July, beginning of August, you'll see teacher lists start popping up. And we did a great job last year. We raised, we were able to help so many teachers. And I just, I love that. Um, also, Nashville Tornado, I think we raised like $1,000, $1,200. And I was able to buy so many supplies to bring and donate. Again, what we have is really special. And now that obviously I've changed the name, when I pitch it to people, it's very different. Then I'm just like, well, you know, I kind of want to have someone on. Um, I will say sad news, sad news, guys. Sophia Bush did decline, but she still respond. Her, her agent still responded and she just said, not now. So it wasn't a complete no. It was just a not for right now. So, you know, fingers crossed, still putting that into the universe and we still got a response. So we absolutely love that. But yeah, over the years, you guys have helped me through so many things. And even this year, I mean, I was in a really dark place, February. I'm, I am surprised I'm still here. And I know that's a really dark thing to say. I'm very happy I am still here. But February was a really, really dark month for me. You know, I ended up quitting my job at the end of March and you guys were like, hell yeah. I'm like, holy shit. But again, so many of you reached out to me and said that you went through certain situations that were very similar and leaving that environment just made you feel so much better. And again, I just, I always want to say thank you. And I feel like it's probably annoying at this point. You guys are probably like 15 seconds, 15 seconds, 15 seconds. But I think it's important to tell people that they have made an impact on your life before, you know, it's too late or, or whatever it is. I see people hitting certain milestones and all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, I can't believe this many people follow me. Thank you so much for enjoying my content. I don't really want to do that. I mean, I'm almost at 70K, which is pretty crazy. And it's funny, someone was like, you've been, you've had this page for four years. Why don't you have more followers? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I have switched it up quite a bit over the last year, especially since November. So I think a lot of people didn't like it. A lot of people may have liked it. I don't know. But I am just, I'm excited to see what happens. I'm excited to see, you know, where, where the next few years will go. I don't know if it'll be the next four years, but, but you know what? Fingers crossed that something, you know, I'm always going to say, I've learned so much from running this page. And there are even times where I said like ignorant statements and people have told me they were ignorant. And I was like, oh shit, like I need to grow. I need to change and I need to learn from this. And luckily you guys have let me learn. And yeah, I just, I thank you so much for giving me your time throughout the week and then listening to the podcast. Again, we're about to have Troy on and, and Troy is like the MVP of Britney Spears fans. If you ask me, like, you know how I know a lot about Backstreet Boys? That is him with Britney. And he also did an emergency podcast about Britney. So after you listen to this one, be sure to check out Dunzo Podcasts. He's great. He does a lot of celebrity deep dives. I'm sure you guys are already listening to him. But again, just want to say thank you for four years. Cheers to four more years. And let's keep this fucking party going. Also, also, I finally figured out what the fuck I want to do for my birthday. I know that has been very annoying. <laughs> I know it's something that I've talked about a lot. But I've decided on the 17th, I'm going to do brunch. And then we're going to day drink a little bit. And then we rented a karaoke room at a bar in town called Kung Fu. Which, if you've never been to Kung Fu, definitely check it out. It's a really fun bar. Um, but that is going to be, that's the plan. And then after, if I am still able to continue to go out, I will, but I didn't want people to feel like they had to be out all night or all day. I guess it is all day, right? Like noon to six. But then after, after karaoke, they can be like, nah, it's time for us to go or, or whatever. I'll probably get food somewhere. And yeah, so those are my plans. And a follower was actually like, do you have any private karaoke rooms? Which I didn't even honestly think about, but I'm so excited. And I just want to let you guys know, 
I have figured it out and I'm gonna stop spiraling so hard. Now recently I have been tagged in a few things about MTV Fat Camp and I had a follower on Twitter named Jordan. She reached out and she was like, you need to tell the Fat Camp PD story again. I have not told this story in a while. I guess I told it on the podcast when the podcast first started, when I was still trying to figure out what the fuck I was doing, how to have different segments. That's like, I feel bad for people who gave up on this podcast 10 episodes in. There are some good stories, and this is one of them in my opinion. Now the story about Petey. My friend went to college with him. She went to St. Bonaventure in upstate New York. I believe it's in Orleans, New York, or Orleans. I, feel, I don't know how they, <laughs> I know that can be pronounced different. But one weekend, my friend and I wanted to go visit her because, you know, she had some boy drama and we were like, listen, she needs her best friends. It's an eight hour drive. Let's fucking do it. So my friend and I hopped in her Jeep. We drove all the way up there and we knew that Petey went to school with her. And I'm like, listen, if we're driving eight hours, I'm going to party with Petey. Okay. And if you don't let me party with Petey, I'm going to be pissed. And that was a lot of P words in a row. But she was like, all right, well, there's a party on Saturday, and I know you guys leave Sunday, but we won't go that hard. It'll be fine. And I was like, okay, perfect. And I think I was one of the only ones who was 21 at that point. My friends were both 20, and basically, like, we stopped at the liquor store, got our drinks, got all that. We went to this party on Saturday night, and I have never really gone to parties. I have hosted parties, but in high school, I wasn't invited to parties. In college, I did, I commuted. There was one semester where I lived on campus, but other than that, I commuted and, you know, I was sneaking into bars before I was 21. So I never really went to college parties. But at this point, I had three glass, three red solo cups of jungle juice, okay? Now my friend looked at me and she was like, hey, how many have you had? I was like, three. And she was like, oh shit. Because when I was younger, not so much now, now I can control myself a little bit more when it comes to my drinking. But she was like, shit, you're going to say something, aren't you? And I'm like, no, no, no. If you don't want me to like talk to Petey, I won't. So Petey walks in and I'm staring at him and I'm full of fucking jungle juice, which is like vodka, um, juice, mountain, maybe Mountain Dew, some monster energy drinks. I was like ready to fucking go. And I think I was smoking weed too. I can't remember. It was, it was quite the night. But I like kept looking at him and we made eye contact and I go, where do I know you from? And he goes, you don't know me at all. I go, I know exactly who you are. So my friend got out of my room and was like, Kelly, like, why did you, you know, like, yeah, I told you don't do that. And I was like, well, you know, I can't control myself. Anyway, we ended up talking for most of the night and I was ready to like hook up with him. I'm like, you know, I came all the way to upstate New York, helped my friend out. She seems to be better. And basically he looked at me, he's like, I'm going to go smoke a cigarette. I'm like, oh, perfect. Me too. I don't smoke cigarettes. Sometimes when I'm drunk, I think I smoke cigarettes and then I hit it like a blunt and it's the worst fucking reaction of all time. But I, so every once in a while when I'm drunk, I'll be like, yeah, give me a cigarette. And I smoke it. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? But my friend, she knew what I was up to and she decided to cock block me from Petey. And that is me in that Camp Petey's love story that never happened. But my friend, you know, I think it was good that she stopped me from hooking up with him. I probably would not have. I probably would have regretted it at this point. But at the time, I was very into the idea of hooking up with him. And yeah, I guess you can watch MTV Fat Camp on YouTube. And I may have to re-watch it because Diane is a fucking queen. Somehow I ended up being Facebook friends with her for a while. And she would wish me like happy birthday. And then I think she realized she had no idea who I was and unfriended me. Sad day for me. But yeah, that is me and Petey's um, ships in the night 
tale of our love story. And can I just say, I feel like True Life is some of my favorite reality TV of all time. I still remember, obviously, True Life Fat Camp. I remember True Life I Have Tourette's. I remember True Life I'm on steroids. True Life I'm getting married. I remember all of those. And I don't know if they're on Paramount+. Plus. But if MTV was to just play a full day of those shows instead of ridiculousness on loop, I would be so pleased. And what's crazy is Laguna Beach was supposed to be like True Life. That is how they pitched the show to everybody who was on the cast. I think you guys probably know that by now. But that's just a little fun fact. You guys, I'm about to say something pretty controversial. I think this last episode of The Hills New Beginnings was actually really, really good. And I'm actually excited for next week's episode. Will it probably let me down? Absolutely, absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind that it'll let me down, but I'm still excited about it. I will say Kristen Cavallari knows how to fucking bring it. She didn't even do anything very dramatic. She actually tried to stay out of the drama when Audrina and Heidi were kind of going back and forth, but just having her on like the screen was so nice. I do wish we got to see more of Jason and Kristen. You guys know that they were really close in high school. I was able to put together the little clip where he was like, yeah, people used to say that she was the girl version of me and vice versa. I was so happy I was able to find that clip. I actually asked on the Facebook page. I'm like, where did we find that? And thank you guys for helping me. But I think just the nostalgia, that was like the true nostalgia. And I've said that since day one. You either need Kristen full-time or you need Lauren full-time. You can't do it without either of them. Yes, Spidey was huge in the Hills like reboot too. And they really push for this reboot. Audrina was of course a big part of the original Hills, but I just don't think you can do it without either of the blondes. I'm going to throw that out there. I don't think you can. And I think that's proof of how much people enjoyed this episode versus how much people don't like the Hills new beginnings. I have heard that between Spidey, Ashley, and Jason, it starts getting really nasty. And next week we see the preview where Brody's like, yeah, Spencer says you're not sober which is very disheartening. And yes, Spencer did have a point when he was like, you know, he lied about being sober before. He's probably lying about it now. That's hard. That's hard because you're kind of like, yeah, I mean, Spencer's right. He did lie about it. But I do genuinely think that Jason is sober. Of course, I could be totally wrong, but I hope he's sober. And also last week, I did not say he, him and Ashley had their baby. I was waiting for them to post a photo so I could do it. And then I saw they waited to get that People money, People magazine money. So I didn't end up posting about it but I'm happy for them. And I don't dislike Ashley. A lot of people seem to really dislike how she handled the whole Heidi thing. But even like this past week when Heidi was kind of talking to her, Ashley was like, you just annoyed me. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, if someone gets annoying, I've had, again, I have been Heidi in situations where I got way too drunk and people were like, you got really annoying. And then you just have to like move forward and be like, all right, next time I won't be annoying and won't get that drunk, that's simple. But Heidi, like, could not take that criticism. She's like, I wasn't annoying. You were being an asshole or whatever she said. And she was like, I'm just, it's really hard for me to get pregnant right now. And it must suck because Heidi is still not pregnant. And I'm sure it is really hard for her. And I think they should really lean into that storyline more. Because, again, that is a real storyline that I'm sure many, many people watching can relate to. I don't need to watch her lay on a bed filled with crystals and have Spencer do some weird Fifty Shades of Grey crystal stuff on her. Like, again, I like watching The Hills now, right? Like, I, what I hoped was real storylines. Of course, um, I kind of laughed at the end when Brody gets dropped off at the beach and, of course, Audrina's in the car. But you don't see Audrina. It could literally be anybody. 
Kristen's like, oh, is Audrina in there? And you don't see Audrina. It's just someone with their hood over their head and sunglasses on. And also someone was like, didn't they kiss at the beach? No, Spencer said, I think I heard that they kissed. So that was Spencer trying to get people excited for this episode. I do think it was a good episode overall, though. Um, I do, I mean, I, I know everybody is like, Spidey's carrying the show, and I think I said that. But I think overall this episode, it was really interesting, and I wish we got to see more Justin Bobby. It was funny when he said, you know, my, my parents got divorced when I was three. I'm like, oh, you're a child of divorce. Like, this makes so much more sense about who you are as a person. You know, my parents got divorced around three, and I have a lot of commitment issues from that. And I always feel like I'm on the run now that I don't live at home. But yeah, it was kind of nice to actually like bond with Justin over something in the way he spoke about his mother passing and how much he loved his mother. And I was trying to figure out like timeline wise, if that was near the end of the hills, I guess it would have been because he said it was 12 or 13 years ago. So he was kind of going through all of that while on the hills. And again, that could have been a storyline that they really dug into. But of course, back then, reality TV wasn't the way it is now. I do think seeing Jason and Justin bonding, I really like it. And yeah, those are the storylines I really like. I don't really care about, I don't know. I don't know, it's tough. I don't know. I'm just repeating myself saying, I don't know, I don't know. But overall, I really like the episode. I think just having Kristen on screen is amazing. And I feel like the way Spencer was looking at her when he's like, you're killing it, you're on fire. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm comfortable because I feel like Spencer's obsessed with Kristen and how famous she is because we all know Spidey wants to get famous like that. Um, but I do hope that Heidi does, is able to conceive and, you know, she is able to have that second baby. I, I'm hoping that for her. And yeah, I think that's a storyline they should lean into more, just like they should lean more into Jason's addiction. And that's really all I got on the episode. I was pleasantly surprised of how much I liked it. And I like that Kristen didn't go in there just to stir the pot completely. She stirred it a little bit. But just seeing her on TV makes you happy. You're kind of like, yeah, Kristen Cavallari's back on my TV. Things are right in the world. <laughs> Frankie also had a speaking part this episode. He got to speak to Kristen, and it was very nice to hear him speak some words because they do him dirty all the time. Overall, I will give this episode a 6 out of 10 when usually I give it a solid 2 out of 10. Next week's episode looks really good, and I'm excited about it, but again, I will probably be disappointed. But again, I do, I have heard from people that the fighting between Spencer and Heidi versus Ashley and Jason gets really real, really nasty, and it seems like there's still bad blood there, and I do not think it's fake. All right, guys, so we are going to do like a mini brunch. This is kind of like, you know, when you are going to see a show with a friend, maybe a concert, and you guys meet up for drinks before the actual show. That is what this pop culture segment is. The meat of it is going to be the Free Britney movement, which of course Troy is going to be a part of. But the first thing I want to talk about is Stephen Amell, Amel, from the CW show Arrow. He hasn't, that show got canceled a, long, a while back, but he was recently in the news for being kicked off a flight because he was yelling at his wife. Now he tweeted that he was not yelling, he was just upset, raising his voice a bit, and got off the flight when asked. I feel like it takes a little bit more to get kicked off a flight than like raising your voice a little bit. According to TMZ, the flight attendant said that he was belligerent, yelling, they were nervous for his wife's safety. Steven ended up putting out a tweet, I believe, saying something to the effect of, must be a slow news day. My wife and I got into an argument and I got off the plane right when I was asked. But again, I feel like there is some kind of cloudiness with this story. For the last few years, there have been a lot of rumors about Steven. 
in how he is not only as a person, but also as a husband. Um, I also know that CW fans can be as crazy as One Direction fans. So, I, or Swifties, I, I'm a part of the Swiftie group. I can also put Swifties in there. So I'm trying to tread a bit lightly, <laughs> not even lightly. I just, I've heard a lot of rumors about his temper, about his alleged infidelity. So I do think that there is more to the story than what Steven is saying. I do think it's hard to get kicked off a plane. I don't know, I could be wrong, but I feel like you need to start causing some real trouble. So Nicole Kidman, I always think of Nicole Kidman as kind of like an ice queen. I don't know what you guys think of her, but she's very like stoic, very serious, very prim, very proper ice queen, in my opinion. Well, this week, she wished her husband Keith Urban a happy anniversary. In the picture that she posted, I was like, oh, Nicole Kidman, like she fucks. <laughs> If you haven't seen it, check out her Instagram, but it's a picture of Keith licking her neck and it's just kind of like their mouths, you can't see their face or anything. But I was seriously, I was like, wow, Nicole Kidman gets it. Like, I know I talked, not I've never talked shit about Nicole Kidman, I don't think, but I also did not think of her as someone who would post a photo like this. I don't know, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 for Nicole Kidman posting that picture. So one thing I think that frustrates me is I never know a versus is happening until I, it's already like halfway done because I'll see it on Twitter and then I'll tune in and watch. Well, this past Saturday, I ended up watching Soldier Boy vs. Low Bow Wow. He now goes by Bow Wow. And it was absolutely bananas. I forgot how many hits Bow Wow had. Like, there was a time where I definitely had his CDs. I definitely listened to him all the time. I saw his movie, Like Mike. I really was a Bow Wow fan. But they brought out, like, a bunch of people. Like, Romeo came out. Omarion came out. Jermaine Dupri came out. It was just such a good concert to watch on TV. Overall, I do think Bow Wow won. Um, Soldier Boy was playing songs with beats that he produced rather than songs that he's actually featured on. And I gotta go Bow Wow on this one. I don't really care for Soldier Boy. He actually annoys me on social media. I never liked his music. I will, there was one song he sang that I liked a lot, which was LOL Smiley Face. And again, in my opinion, this is a versus. So it's supposed to be songs that you're featured on and Soldier Boy pretty much only had songs that he was featured on. There were very few that were like his songs and Bow Wow wins, if you ask me that. And also, I am like Spotifying Bow Wow songs. After the verses, I was like, I need to re-listen to these. I need to relive these. But some verses that I think should happen. I think we need a Backstreet Boys verse in sync. I think we need a Demi Lovato verse Selena Gomez. I think we need a Justin Bieber verse, a Justin Timberlake. I think that would be very fun. And yeah, those are some verses that I would like to see happen. Don't know who's on the bill. Or you know what? Maybe J-Lo and Ashanti. Hmm? Maybe, maybe we could have a little verses with them. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. But yeah, I really like the verses and we've come a long way. I don't know if you guys remember. Again, quarantine, like early quarantine. Sometime 20, 2020, some fucking horrible month in 2020. It was like Nelly versus Ludacris and it was an Instagram live. And Nelly's connection was awful and everyone was like, what is happening? But now they're actually on a stage together. It's very professionally done and I give verses a lot of credit because they're really fun to watch. In some good news, Joe Jonas, he was in Florida. Unfortunately, if you're not aware, there was a building that collapsed in Miami. And I believe that the count right now is seven for total lives lost. 
But Joe Jonas gave back to those families. He delivered pizzas. He hand-delivered pizzas to those families that are still looking for loved ones that are at the hospital that are getting taken care of. But I'm trying to do more, like, good celebrity news because I know I love to talk shit about them. But there are moments where, you know, you see a celebrity doing good and you're kind of like, okay, I'll give them credit. And it's funny, for a long time, I just really disliked the Jonas Brothers, but now I'm into them. Even Nick Jonas posted something on his Instagram. I believe they're in Ohio filming a 4th of July special. And he saw some girl wearing a Jonas Brothers shirt and he called her over. She took a picture with them. Really cute video. You can see that on his Instagram. Now, guys, Ed Sheeran. What the fuck happened to Ed Sheeran? I used to love Ed Sheeran. I feel like most people listening to this podcast probably went through an Ed Sheeran lover, like you were obsessed with him, at least for a little bit. But his new song is so bad. It's so fucking bad. It's such a flop. And I have to say, Ed Sheeran's old music, and I hate to be that person, but I'm going to be that person, but like 18, Kiss Me, Give Me Love. Give Me Love is my favorite song by him. Those were some lyrics. Those were some good fucking songs. And now he's just dressed as a vampire bopping around telling me nothing good happens after 2 a.m. Hopefully this is just a fluke. Maybe the rest of his album will be good. I didn't enjoy his album Multiply, I think it was. I don't know. He has like Multiply, Divide. I think he has another one. I can't remember. But I did like his song Galway Girl. That song was fun, but I didn't like any of the other songs on that album. Hopefully this is just a fluke. Maybe maybe he's just throwing us off and the rest of his album will be really, really good because I think Ed Sheeran can do better than Bad Habits. So more CW drama. The boys were fighting. So Jensen Ackles and his wife, Danielle Ackles, who I love dearly. You guys know she's Rachel Katina. Very much in love with her. Love with both of them, actually. They're both very attractive. But they are putting together a show about the origins of Supernatural. Now, I have never watched Supernatural. I've never watched one episode, but I know that their fans are like die, die, die heart fans. (laughs) I feel like it was weird me saying die, die, die over and over, but they're like super fans. I don't know if they have a name like the Gleeks did, but the Supernatural crew rolls hard for their men. And a lot of people were DMing me once I posted it being like, well, Jared has a right to be upset, Jared. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. But I've also read that Jared and Jensen have kind of grown apart, especially during the pandemic, due to political beliefs, due to vaccine beliefs, due to things like that. And also, Jared's been in trouble for drinking lately. I don't know. I don't know what's up with Jared Padalecki, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. Anyway, Jared put out a tweet that said, Dude, happy for you. Wish I heard about this some other way than Twitter. I'm excited to watch, but bummed that Sam Winchester has no involvement whatsoever. Somebody responded to his tweet saying, this has got to be a bad joke. Hello, Jensen Ackles. This ain't it, sirs. We are freaking out. Jared retweeted that saying, it's not. This is the first I've heard about it. I'm gutted. So since then, Jared Padalecki said, hey world, thank you for the love. Please don't send any hate or threats. I care deeply about everybody involved and would be in true misery if any of them were harmed or threatened. Again, it's like, dude, you're the one who kind of brought it to everybody's attention, though. And I think that that's why I was having a tough time, because I'm like, mm, no, you, you can't take that one back, sir. You, uh, you were the one who kind of, like, started the mob against Jensen and Danielle. And I guess somehow it doesn't involve his character, Sam. Again, I am not a Supernatural fan. I've never watched an episode, but that's what somebody told me. 
it wouldn't even make sense to have Sam involved, but it does seem like the boys have made up because on June 25th, Jared Padalecki tweeted, at Jensen and I had a great talk, as we do often, and things are good. The show is early in the process with miles to go. We've traveled a lot of roads together and some of those damn roads have bumps. Bumps don't stop us. Once brothers, always brothers. Jensen Ackles retweeted saying, Love you, Jarpad. Miss these talks. I forgot how much FaceTime we always used to get. And I miss that too. I know you're busy, as am I, but you're still my brother. I miss you, pal. So the boys are no longer fighting. It looks like Jared decided to take his anger off of Twitter and actually speak to Jensen. But I get it. Sometimes you have a knee-jerk reaction to something. Sometimes you're just going to flip out on social media. It happens. I get it. I get it. I get it. But I feel like if your friend's involved, you should probably reach out to your friend before you retweet that to a whole fandom that's already like so protective and bananas. And that is how you do it correctly. That's just my opinion though. Someone was like, that's very Dean of him to do. And I was like, I wish I watched more Gilmore Girls. I did watch it, but like later seasons. So I don't know the whole like Dean really. I just, I was a casual viewer of Gilmore Girls. Now, as we wrap this up, I just wanted to talk about one of my new favorite couples. ASAP Rocky and Rihanna, they were spotted out on their first like public coupling and they look so cute together. They're such a hot couple. I ship it 100%. Please don't make me regret saying that. I feel like ASAP Rocky might make me regret saying that. <laughs> but Rihanna is one of my all-time favorite people. I don't think she's ever going to go back to singing, unfortunately. I think she makes too much money off her Fenty life. But they're a very good-looking couple. I hope my girl Rihanna is happy. And yeah, she looks super cool in like this fuzzy pink hat too. And it almost gave me the confidence to try wearing a fuzzy pink hat. And then I had to remember like, I'm not fucking Rihanna. <laughs> so I almost forgot, but Jana Kramer, who is a thorn in my side, talks some shit about the Drama Queens podcast. She basically said, I think it's funny how one of the girls on the show, on the podcast, told me not to speak to another one of the girls on the podcast. And when I was looking at who she follows, she still follows Hillary Burton. So she wasn't talking about Hillary Burton. She's trying to shade Sophia Bush and Bethany Joy Lenz. Listen to me, Jana Kramer. You will never get me to not like either of those women. No matter how hard you try your weird smear campaign against Sophia Bush, it's not going to fucking work. I'm like, why is she so upset about this? You know what? Maybe Sophia and Joy did not get along on set. It sounds like that was one of the most toxic TV sets of all time. Even in the first episode of Drama Queens, Sophia Bush was like, yeah, production really tried to turn us against each other. And Hillary Burton was like, yeah, they told me Sophia's the beautiful one, Joy's the talented one, and I'm the angry one. So they weren't even like supposed to be friends in real life. Production wanted to make them hate each other. And then all the sexual harassment from Mark Schwann, it just sounds like the set was really fucking bad. And also people grow. I think that's one thing we always need to remember, whether we are talking about Laguna Beach in the Hills or just life in general. I can be not friends with someone for like years, right? But then I can grow up or we can grow together and we can realize, hey, maybe we don't hate each other the way we used to. Maybe there was something else going on that made me dislike this person. That is a very normal thing, Jana Kramer. And I wish you would stop trying to shit on Sophia Bush because I feel like people really like Sophia Bush. One last Jana Kramer moment. Over the weekend, the singer Dustin Lynch was on her story and a lot of people think that maybe they're now seeing one another. So I guess we'll see what happens there. And in some Brody Jenner news, he has a new girlfriend. She just turned 24. 
So as we call him Peter Pan, he really, he, you know, he really lives up to that name. But if you're interested in seeing her, her name is Tay DeLeonardo. And <laughs> that's hard to say. That's her handle, at least. It's T-A-Y-D-I-L-E-O-N-A-R-D-O. She looks super young, but that's how Brody likes them. We know. All right, guys, so we are going to talk about The Hills, Season 4, Episode 18, and I'm going to be totally honest with you. I may have had a white claw or four, but I wanted to do this. I wanted to talk to you guys about The Hills. So previously on The Hills, we're reminded that Audrina and Lauren made up. There's no more tension. She does not think that Lauren banged Justin Bobby. We're also reminded about Cameron. So I thought Steph and Cam broke up many moons ago, but apparently... Steph wanted Cameron to stick up for her. He didn't, and Spencer rubbed it in, is what Lauren says during the previously on The Hills. We're also reminded that Whitney met a New York hottie, and Whitney was about to get offered a chance that would change her life forever, and she had every reason to take it. The first scene, we're at People's Revolution, and Kelly calls Whitney to her office slash loft. So it's like up the steps and all this stuff, but to me... I am fairly certain it's so Kelly could look over her pride land, as I would say about Lion King. I could just picture her standing there, like looking over the railing, furious at everybody because they did not wear all black. But we find out that Diane von Furstenberg needs an in-house PR person, and it made Kelly think of Whitney. And Whitney just goes, okay... So Kelly set up an interview in New York City day after tomorrow. The job is in New York. Yes. You know, despite how demanding I am, I think of the people who work for me, where they're headed, and what would be best for them. I don't want to lose you, but you've done a lot for us, and this is a once-in-a-lifetime chance. Diane is a legend, Kelly says to Whitney, and I have to say, I feel like bosses like that are the best kind of bosses. The ones that are aware that you're not going to be there forever, but they want to help you like continue with your career and find a better spot that fits you in your needs. Sounds amazing. It's just scary. Whitney's like, what the fuck? I didn't expect this. And Kelly is like, do it for the experience. And Whitney's response is, then I have to do it. Yeah, Whitney, if Kelly Catrone's like, you have to do something, guess what? You're going to have to do it. (laughs) That's my thoughts. If Kelly Catrone is like, hey, we really want you to do this. (laughs) You're going to be like, yeah, I'm going to do it. The next scene, we're at Audrina's house and Lauren is finally there. Remember last episode or the episode before Audrina's like, you still haven't seen my new place, even though she's lived there for like three months. Lauren's like, okay, I'm here. But Audrina is all settled. She's like, I want to decorate more, but it's going to take a while. Because remember, she wants it to be super romantic She wants it to be beautiful, a lot of candles, a lot of like white, and it's not there yet, but she's excited about it. It's going to be your home, Lauren says to her, bachelorette pad, is Audrina's response. She's like, no, more like bachelorette pad. Then Lauren asks about Justin and how she's dealing with it, and Audrina's like, we talked in like dot, 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 dot. Before she could respond or say any more, Lauren's like, so you don't want it anymore? No, I still want it. Justin Bobby must have like a hypnotizing dick or something. I don't, I don't understand. But Lauren tells Audrina her parents are moving out of Laguna. And a lot of people actually ask me, they're like, why did Jim and Kathy move out of that house? Probably because it was expensive. Honestly, that's my thought. And I know now, allegedly, they're no longer together. 
but maybe in the moment it was just too expensive. Lauren goes on to say she's going with Lo to pack up her whole room. Everyone moved, but everyone who I hung out with in Laguna is in LA now. And Lauren basically only went back because of her family. Now she lives there full time. As we know, she's raising her family in Laguna. But at this time, everyone she hung out with was in LA anyway. It's kind of like growing up. And Lauren like nods her head. And then Audrina goes, do you want to tour the rest of the house? Wait, you still haven't seen the whole house, Lauren? It's been months. Where have you been? Now we're at a taco place and we're about to have lunch with Steph and Spencer. Steph walks up to the table and immediately she's greeted by Spencer who says, what's up with you always being late? And Steph says she doesn't know what to do with Cameron. She like ignores Spencer's comment about her being late. She's like, "Ugh, I don't know what to do about Cameron. I thought you broke up with him. No, we keep, we keep breaking up. Then he's nice to me. Then it changes. But he gets mad that I never go to his house. He's always like, why do I have to come to your house? Hearing that, I'm just kind of like, I don't think it's a big deal. Like if you're dating someone and they're like, hey, can you come to me for a change? I feel like that's not like something to fight about. It's kind of like, oh yeah, you've come to me the last three times. Let me go to you once. Like that's not a, that's not a crazy ask from Cameron if you ask me. Spencer is then like, wait, he can't even drive 15 minutes to see you. He's not worth your time. He's a punk. He won't stand up for you. And then like out of nowhere, he just goes, you should, you should be a nun. You should go join whatever nuns join. And she's like, what are you fucking talking about? But Steph then says they've broken up five times. And Spencer's like, it sounds immature. It's not meant to be. You can do better. And in this moment, I'm like, is Spencer being nice? Is Spencer actually being a nice big brother or, or what's going on? Is this the Twilight Zone? The next scene, we're at People's Revolution and Whitney fills Lauren in on the interview for a new job. And Lauren's like really excited for her. You see Lauren's face. It's one of those like, I'm excited you're getting out of this hellhole, but I'm going to miss you. I feel like we've all had that with our work life when you know they're going on to bigger and better things, but you're still like, how fucking dare you leave me here? That will be the most awesome thing ever, is what Lauren says to Whitney. And then Whitney goes, but that would mean I'd be moving to New York. And again, Lauren's sad, but she's like happy. She sticks out her bottom lip kind of pouting, but you know she wants the best for her work wife, as we all do. I'd regret it if I didn't go. We then find out that Whitney is not only landing tomorrow, she's also leaving tomorrow, same day. And to me, that's a lot of traveling, especially because New York to LA is not a short trip. I know Vegas to Boston is six hours. So I'm gonna assume that is pretty much the same for New York to LA. And right away, Lauren's like, you have to see Jay. Are you gonna see Jay? And Whitney's like, yeah, I think I'm gonna see Jay even though it won't be for long. Dream boy, dream job. And that is also the name of the episode. I didn't say it at the beginning. But I love when they say the episode name in the actual episode. I'm like, okay, I see it. But yeah, she goes, dream boy, dream job. And Whitney says she needs to do this for the job, not for any other reason. She's like, it needs to be for me, not for a boy, not for anything else. But it's all happy. It's all smiles. Lauren is going to miss her work wife, but she's also very, very excited for this opportunity for Whitney. We then have a very quick scene between Spidey and Cameron and Steph. It's a date and Steph didn't tell anyone that Cameron was coming. But Spencer says it's unexpected and he's surprised and it's just very awkward. Like, it's just an awkward scene. Last I heard, you made her cry, is what Spencer says. 
we're gonna try to work things out. We're gonna try and start things over, Cameron says. And it's just tension. You know those scenes in the hills when it's all people just looking back and forth between one another? That is exactly what this scene is. We don't even know what they order for dinner, but we do know that they're gonna have tension at the table no matter what arrives. The next scene, we are in Laguna with Lo and Lauren, and we see Jim and Kathy packing. And let me tell you, Jim is just as fine as I remembered him. Kathy and Jim talk about downsizing. They're like, Brianne is out of the house. Lauren's out of the house. We just have Brandon, who's gonna be graduating in two years. It sounds like they're moving out of Laguna, but I'm not sure if they did. It seems silly to live in a big house with just two people, Kathy says. And this moment actually made me really happy. It's Lo and Lauren are like turned away. They're going to look in Lauren's room to start packing. But before they walk away, Jim just says, thanks for helping Lo. And she goes, no problem. I love to pack. You're a good friend, Lo, is what Kathy says to Lo as they're again walking away. But it just made me think of like a certain friend's parents that I'm like really close with that I absolutely love. And then it was also a reminder of when... Lauren was grounded for bad grades and Lowe's like, you shouldn't be failing. She's right. I wish we got to see more Lowe, Lauren, Jim, and Kathy. <laughs> now we're in New York City and Whitney is looking sleek in her black dress. She's ready for her interview and they basically, they're like, okay, take a seat. Um, Alex will be right with you. And we have a montage of Whitney looking around at everybody working and it seems very busy. It seems like there's a lot going on. And maybe Whitney is a little overwhelmed at the moment, but we end up meeting Alex Boyer and she sits down. She's like, Kelly spoke very highly of you. And Whitney's like, yeah, do you want to see my resume? And she explains her role with People's Revolution. She was helping with casting, helping with styling. I've always wanted to work with a designer. And Alex starts talking about how she would be a coordinator. It's a broad position. And Whitney says she's ready when they need her. She's like, when can you start? And Whitney's like, as soon as you need me, I can be here. And out of nowhere, Whitney just goes, I think I should come to the city. The city, she's already telling us about her, her show that she's going to be joining. And we don't even know about it. But this is almost like a Taylor Swift Easter egg. You know what I mean? She's telling us I should be in the city. You're right, you should be in the city. And then MTV is going to make a series about it, even though I didn't watch it and I kind of want to watch it. Honestly, I think after The Hills, Laguna Beach season three, I'm going to dive into the city. And that way I can also watch Timmy and Whitney. I don't really watch it now. I don't feel a need to, to be totally honest. But I do know a lot of you guys love it. So, yeah. I, when I watch The City, I'll definitely watch their recaps, I promise. So now we are back in LA and we are at one of the most uncomfortable scenes. Cameron shows up to Stuff's and right when he walks in, Stuff's like, how are you? Better days. All right, Cameron, thanks for being just a wealth of personality. We really appreciate that. It's very awkward, but I'm going to play an audio clip of Stuff breaking up with Cameron in three, two, one. I think we know that. This isn't working. I think we both kind of need to compromise and work this out because it's worth it to me. I don't, I don't know. Maybe we should... I don't know, like, how much there is good in what we had. It feels like it was so long ago, and I don't know how it got so bad. Like, you know, I, I'm sure I said I was like, this is the happiest relationship I've ever been in, and it was. But... It's not there anymore. Like, what I, where I am right now is I deserve better than this. I just want, like, 
to find a guy that makes me happy. That's what you want, and that's what you need. And during this whole scene, Steph's like bawling her eyes out. She looks so sad. It actually, like, I don't know, it's just awkward. And Cameron's like, okay, you can break up with me if you think you deserve better than me, whatever. So back in Laguna, Lo says LC did a great job at keeping everything. She's like, you did a great job keeping everything from middle school all the way on to high school. And Lauren ends up reading from her diary. She says, quote, this week I'm grounded from bad grades. Surprise, surprise, end quote. And Lo right away, she's like, I've never had a diary. To be honest, I've tried so many times to have a diary and like write down my thoughts and feelings. But I'm like, no, nah, it's too dramatic. Like, I don't want to reread it. Here and there, I'll keep like notes in my phone or something. But I don't have a diary. I should have a diary, but I don't. So I'm going to play an audio clip of Lauren reading from her diary in three, two, one. It's actually a really good one, so make sure you listen. My parents sold our first house that I like, grew up in. It's weird knowing that the house I spent the last 15 years of my life in will never be my home again. I hate knowing that the people that just wrote a check and purchased so many memories, they don't know about the first kiss Steven and I had in my room. So right after that, she ends up picking up her first cell phone, which looks like a fucking landline. It's huge. It's so funny. And then she goes, oh my God, I wrote a will. Did you guys ever write a will? Is that just something that like not everybody does? I feel like I had a will in like eighth grade. I was like, my six CD stereo changer, it goes to my friend Steph because she loves music just as much as I do. <laughs> I really feel like I had one. But Lauren ends up reading it and she goes, P.S. I'd like to be buried in my homecoming dress with my crown on my coffin. And they all, like, and they all, meaning like Lo and Lauren, end up dying laughing. And I can't help it in the background. Do you guys remember those little Victoria's Secret pink dogs that they used to sell? They were like white with the words pink on the side of them. She had one of those on her dresser and that like caught my eye immediately because I think I had two or three of those. And basically they go outside, they start talking, they're kind of looking over the city almost like Lauren and Steven did, I believe season one, episode one of Laguna Beach. When you're moving, it closes another chapter. No matter what goes on in LA, I had this home to come to. It makes, I guess this makes LA my home. And they just start reminiscing a little bit more and Lauren's like, there are no memories in this new place. You have to make them, Lowe says. And then Lauren's like, I guess I have to make our home more homey. And Lowe's like, don't say that. We're not adults yet. We're not there yet. And Lauren just kind of laughs. But honestly, my dad and stepmom have been talking about selling their home, which I lived in from when I was 18 to 26. Now, I never really had a home. I know that sounds really sad, but I guess I had an apartment that I lived in from like first grade to eighth grade. And that's basically what I would call my home base. Then I lived in a different apartment with my mom for four years all through high school. And then I moved in with my dad right after high school. But I feel like a home base is kind of hard for me to grasp because I just never had that. I would say the closest thing I had to a home, like a home base where I could go no matter what, was my grandparents' house, my nano and my papa's house. And they're in Carver, Massachusetts. My dad ended up redoing the house. It's absolutely beautiful. But whenever I'm home, I drive by it. And I've talked about this before on the podcast, but the first time I drove by it after he sold it, I was like, you know, I just, I want a family to live there. I want a new family to live there to make the memories that I had. And when I drove by, I saw a fam, like a couple, a husband and wife who I'm assuming, 
and then two kids. And I was like, perfect. That's amazing. And of course I'm a creep. So I slowed down a little just so I could see the house and they waved to me and I waved back. And I was like, if you guys only know, knew how much that meant to me, like I still drive by it when I go home and they always kind of wave at me. And I'm like, I wonder if they're like, who is this weird brunette girl who drives by in the tan truck every few months and slows down in front of our house. Now, my friends, we are getting ready to wrap up the episode. I know this recap was kind of short. I'm sorry, but I'm really excited for you to hear all the Britney stuff that I talked about with Troy. I think you're really going to like it. But we end it in New York City and we see Jay walking up and he's waiting for Whitney outside of where she was having her interview. And they hug and they're like really holding each other like they're very into one another. It's actually kind of like sexy if you ask me. But he very much reminds me of an Australian Justin Bobby. So I don't think I trust him. Again, I have not watched The City, so please don't ruin it for me. I genuinely know nothing about it. But Whitney looks up at Jay and she's like, I'll hear from her tomorrow. And he asks if she's there to stay. I really want to. I want to get out of LA. She's like, I need to get out of LA. And things could be different. And they keep touching and like his hands are on her hips and her arms are around his shoulders. And I'm like, ooh, what is going on? Whitney can't focus on anything. She's like, he's asking her questions and she's like, what, what? And I'm like, I get it, Whitney. If this hot Australian man was all over me, I wouldn't be able to focus either. I love this dress, babe. You look so hot, he says to her. And he's like, how long are you staying? I need to go to the airport right now. Right now? That's not fair. Jay's so bummed. And she's like, I know, I know, I'm so sorry, but I'll be back sooner than you know, because apparently it's been a month since they had last seen one another. So he walks her over to the cab, and they kiss goodbye, they hug tight, and she gets into the cab, and he's like, please let me know when you're home, let me know when you're back in L.A., make sure you're home safe type of deal. And I like them. I like them together. Don't ruin this for me. I don't know what's going to happen between these two, but I really hope good things happen between these two. And they both look so sad. It ends with Whitney just sitting in the cab, looking so upset while Jay lurks around in traffic, but eventually goes to a sidewalk, I'm sure. But yeah, I just, I really like this couple. And I feel like when I watch The City, I'm going to really fucking hate Jay, but I'm not 100% sure on that. But yeah, that's the episode. It's setting us up to lose Whitney. Can you believe it? Whitney's going to be gone? How sad. But that is the episode, guys. Next week, we will be going over episode 19 I should have an episode come out because I know Sunday is 4th of July and 4th of July is my favorite holiday. I'm going to go to my friends, celebrate, but I think on Saturday I'll do most of my recording and then do like the pop culture stuff on Monday to kind of get in with the news cycle. But I hope you guys have an awesome rest of your week and I hope you stick around for Troy because him and I go into all the Britney details. All right, everybody, we have the Britney Spears expert if I have ever met one. Troy McKeady, friend of the podcast, friend of mine, host of the Dunzo podcast. Troy, I am ready to jump into this with you. I'm beyond ready. I'm so excited to be talking to you today. You have no idea. What's funny is originally I was going to do like an emergency press podcast. And then I was like, I can't. I need to sit on it and I need Troy. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I feel, I feel very honored. I just love fucking podcasting with you. So I... I could talk to you about anything, but this is very special, obviously. Yeah, and you also, not only do you have like a six or seven part deep dive on Britney, you also did have an emergency podcast, right? Yes, I did an emergency episode with my friend Kirby. Um, she, so Kirby and I 
did a, she wrote an article that didn't end up coming out because with Britney's stuff, it's like you put it out and then a day later something crazy happens and it becomes obsolete, whatever thing you did. Mm-hmm. So she wrote this article about like, um, about beauty standards in the industry when it comes to hair. And we had this really intense conversation about Britney's hair and like her shaving her head and um, what it meant at the time and what it means now and stuff. And all of that stuff was so weirdly topical because she mentioned, you know, having to be pretty for her dad. And mm-hmm. I'm like already into it. I'm sorry. I'm already, no, I'm keep, already. Off. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> um, but she mentioned in her, in her speech, having to be pretty for her dad. And I've always equated her hair to like, you know, Brittany Incorporated. And when she shaved it, it just felt like such a, like a middle finger. Yeah. So to hear her say that was like, so I was like, holy crap. It was very full circle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we will dive into everything, Brittany. But before we do that, I want to talk about how celebrities have reacted to this news. Because I feel like, and I could be wrong, you might disagree with me, but when it comes to like the public and celebrities, there's a clear gap. But Mm. somehow Britney fans have been able to almost bridge that gap because they noticed that things were wrong. And I know Mm -hmm. I'm not exactly talking about celebrities' reactions, but what do you think about that? The fact that, you know, I've known about Free Britney for like, five years at this point, I think, but it's been going on way longer. What do you think of that, that the Britney fan base has so much power now? Cause they have proven it's proven. Like it's no longer, is this real? Is it not real? It's real. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting because when I look back at like, you know, that the beginning of all of the 2007 stuff, I think about, they're just sort of being this unspoken thing where her fans always knew what was really going on and were always really alarmed by it and mostly alarmed by how much the public and the media didn't seem to care Mm -hmm. what was happening to her. And it's almost like it's always been, even like before, basically what I'm trying to say is before Free Britney was a hashtag, it was a thing. It was just sort of unspoken and and not um, as... uh, put together I guess you could say I can't think of the word but um now it's like this well-oiled machine and it's incredible and like nothing can stop it but Mm -hmm. yeah it's always been there like her fans have always had a very strong understanding of like what's going on and what's not real because her dad and her team it's so easy for them to just tell the public whatever because if you don't really intensely follow this story you could be told anything and believe it. I mean, that's, right. we've seen that for 13 years. So um, it's amazing. I mean, I, I think it's incredible that for a really long time, her fans were made to seem crazy and they were made to seem as crazy as she was, if not crazier in quotes, um, just a bunch of like vapid idiots who didn't, who were obsessed with this stupid girl who was talentless, you know, that was always the thing. Right. Um, and you know, now it's, it's a, it, it feels really validating to be like, uh, this is the biggest I told you so in history, maybe, you know? At a least 13, celebrity wise. Totally. It's a 13 year I told you so, you know? So it's been incredible. It's really, I don't think we've ever seen anything like it when it comes to a celebrity. And how validated do you feel as someone who's probably been a part of the free Britney movement since like day two, if not day one? It is validating in a selfish way, (laughs) but I also am just really excited to have everybody care. 
like it's just nice to hear people um be so like open to the idea of like having feelings about it mm-hmm. because it used to be like you would get made fun of like you know if you had any sympathy for her if you're like if you had sympathy for watching this like 25 year old girl almost die every day who just gave birth to two kids people made fun of you right so now it's like really cool to just you know I have like random family members texting me and my mom has been obsessed with it and like texting me every day about it and researching it and like people are really people care and like that part of it's really cool for sure so I basically became a part of the free Britney movement and this is this will lead us into the celebrity stuff but I went to an x-factor audition when they had the live shows Mm. and everything and I watched her kind of be carted around and this is when she was engaged to that guy Mm -hmm. I think his name was Jason Jason yeah so he was he would like come up on the judges stage and like hand her things and then you know, people would come on to audition and she wouldn't even be at the table. It was very weird. And I was like, what is going on here? Because I remember before that I heard rumblings of Free mm-hmm. Britney. But after that, I was like, something's not right. And basically all of the judges would turn around and wave. And they, while they were all introduced, Britney went up there and blocked her ears. And I, I remember just being like, this is someone who's been on stage forever. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really weird. And then of course the whole carting around but someone who has been very deafeningly silent about this whole thing is Demi Lovato. Mm-hmm. What Shocking. You, I, I'm genuinely shocked because they went on such a rampage about a yogurt shop for two weeks. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Especially because she's such an advocate for mental health. And right. obviously, I don't know if there are NDAs involved, but even if Demi was to say something like, I support Britney, that's mm-hmm. not exactly breaking an NDA. You know, it's really odd. I I can't say that I understand the logic behind it because it's so wild to me. Like you said, for somebody to be so um, open and, you know, to, to make their whole career sort of revolve around being like the rebellious, you know, ex-Disney person who tells it like it is and, you know, doesn't sugarcoat anything. Like you sat next to this person who was like going who went through the same thing that you went through years before. And like, I mean, Britney sort of like set the, unfortunately for these Disney stars, like she sort of set the path for how they become destructive, mm-hmm. right? Like, and how the media tears them down and how we perceive them and how they, you know, transition into being sexual and all that stuff. Like she's the blueprint and you sat <laughs> next to this person and like, and it's so weird too, because she sat next to her. I mean, X Factor is like such a, a perfect example of like, I call it conservator concept, content. It's like conservatorship content. Like there are certain albums like Britney Jean where I'm like, that's a conservatorship album. Yeah. X Factor was very much like a conservatorship deal. It was like, I don't know if Britney would have wanted to sit there on that fucking stage on her own or if she would have made that decision, you know? Absolutely not. I don't think, I mean, she didn't seem to enjoy it. And again, it no. be the cocktail of drugs that she was on at the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. And like, you know, Demi sat there with her during that time specifically. And like, that was such a heightened time for Britney. And for her to not say anything is psychotic. But I also feel like it's crazy just in general, because I think about, you know, outside of Demi, I even think about people like Chloe who hosted that show and Mario Lopez, who's interviewed her his whole career. Oh, yeah. And like all these people where I'm like, or like Nicki Minaj went on tour with her. 
during Femme Fatale. Like, I'm like, where, what? Like, you guys have seen things. Like, I know that you, Nicki Minaj, have seen things. You were on a tour with this woman every day for like over a year. Like, you've seen things. So the whole thing is just confusing to me. I guess maybe because they just don't want to be in, like incriminated in any way for like being a part of weird things or I don't know, but it's really strange. I don't understand it. Right. And not only, you know, I'm not just trying to pick on Demi Lovato. I mean, Simon Cowell, L.A. Reid, right. they, they were also on the show. I mm-hmm. just think of Demi as someone who has been so outspoken about literally everything and nothing at the same time. <laughs> That's the best way to describe her. <laughs> now, one, I will say, guys, I am upset with Taylor Swift. You guys know I love Taylor, but I think I finally realized that she speaks about things only that kind of affect her. And yeah. I am, I'm still, I still love Taylor, okay? I still, you know, I haven't completely, I don't think I could ever not love Taylor, but <laughs> it really bothers me that she hasn't said anything and I guess she didn't say anything about COVID really the vaccine she didn't say anything about Joe Biden she didn't say anything about the insurrection she didn't say anything Black Lives Matter so Mm. I kind of I wasn't holding my breath but then I kind of was because Taylor has said you know being a woman in the public eye is not easy and Mm -hmm. I, I was just I was hoping and I saw she posted a story. I'm like, you're going to promote fucking Ed Sheeran's flop song and not Britney. And Troy, I need, I just I know. need you. <laughs> I know, <laughs> no, I know. I mean, you know, I've, I am, I've been, it's been a, a tailored journey for me throughout right. the years, throughout the decade. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I was a little shocked by that too. I thought if anybody would say something, it would be her. And it's like, even if I wasn't a fan of Britney Spears, I would still know that like, she deserves to have people rally around her mm-hmm. in the industry, like her peers, people that have known her for a long time. Like, it's just, it's crazy to me. But yeah, the, the Taylor thing is insane. Yeah, and, and it, it doesn't change. Like she she deserves to have somebody like Taylor Swift, somebody again, that she really, she's the blueprint for so many of these pop stars mm-hmm. and so many of their careers have taken little bits and pieces of what she's done and what she's been able to create and they've twisted it for themselves. And it's like, yeah, like you deserve to have these, these fucking girls support you. They've all been through similar stuff. Some of them, I mean, I don't know if I could say anybody's been through anything worse than this that we've seen in a long time, but like they've all been through some really terrible things in this industry. It's bad. Everybody knows that it's bad. Like what, how hard is it to just send out a tweet? And Mariah Carey spoke up immediately and Cher's ready to burn down. Right, right, exactly. Because they get it, you know? Yeah, and didn't Mariah almost have something similar put on her? I read somewhere that her mom and sister or brother tried to put her in a conservatorship. Yeah, you'd be surprised at how many people have had conservatorships sort of in their orbit. You know, because it's like none of us really had a shorthand for what this means mm-hmm. until Britney. I didn't know what a conservatorship was. I'd never used the term conservator a million times a year until her. I had no idea. Um, but then after it came out, it was like, oh, like Lindsay Lohan's almost been in a conservatorship. And 
you know, Courtney Love and like all these different people have almost been in them. And yeah, Mariah too. Like Mariah's story is so weirdly similar to hers, you know? And notice how you didn't see it, say any men's names when you were listing off people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Totally. It's so, and the men, I mean, the fact that the word conservative is, has never like orbited Charlie Sheen or somebody, like you never see, the, the idea of that isn't even a thing. Yeah, absolutely. I, my first thought was Charlie Sheen. Now there was a male celebrity who spoke out and my first reaction was like, fuck you, don't make this about you, but Justin Timberlake, okay? Mm-hmm. So my issue with his statement, mm-hmm. you know, if he was just say, my thoughts are with Britney, you know, Jessica and I are thinking of her, but mm-hmm. the fact he had to add, no matter our past, good or bad, I'm like, <laughs> nobody, I mean, people still care the fact they dated, but I was like, it's been 20 years since your breakup and you have been able to slut shame her for at least, you know, a decade of that. But you don't need to add that. What do you think about, obviously, again, I'm glad he spoke out, but it's just that moment where I'm just kind of like, stop. Right. You just want to be like, hey, Justin, could you shut the fuck up by chance? Could you, (laughs) could you just shut the fuck up? You think like, we don't need, nobody is like anxious to hear your thoughts. That's the thing. Nobody cares. Like, even if, Aside from all of the things, nobody cares how you feel about it. But I, and it, to play devil's advocate, it's like, I do kind of feel like he's damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't right, at this right. point. Like if he didn't say anything, people would probably have been like, and that asshole still didn't say anything publicly, you know? Um, I just, it's it's just the way that he goes about trying to be uh, a good person. Cause it's so like, unnatural. Yeah. So yeah. it never works, you know? Like it never like lands. And I'm always like, could you just give like some real off, like, could you like get in front of an iPhone camera and just talk or something, do an Instagram live and just like be honest and talk and like hold yourself accountable. It's all these weird cryptic things. It's just stupid. Yeah. It was annoying. I was, I, I was, I appreciated him saying something because I did kind of feel like he was in a corner, but at the same time, I'm like, just shut up. Like I said, it's just that little part that like set me off because mm-hmm. again, we don't care that you guys broke up. We don't care about Crimea River. Right. We've moved on. <laughs> or maybe, maybe we've moved on. I don't know. <laughs> right. We're, 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 our foot's in the pool, but we're not totally there. Right. Right. We're, we're all trying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a slow process. I also have to say kind of justice for Iggy Azalea. Because she talked about this when they came out with that song, Pretty Girls. Mm -hmm. And she was like, Britney came over, but they swept my whole house. They did all this stuff. And everyone was like, how dare you blame Britney for flopping? She's like, "Uh, I don't think I was. Yeah, she's like, I'm just saying that the whole situation was really weird. Like, they checked my house for cameras and microphones and... And it wasn't like, she's like, I wasn't like trying to get her drunk. You know what I mean? Like right. we were having, we were having lunch in the middle of the day, like, you know? Yeah. So I think Iggy tried to talk about it a while ago. And then she was like, you know, she wasn't allowed to do press for the song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anyone else that's spoken out where you've been like, hell yeah. Cause like I said, Cher, when I was reading her tweets, I was right. like, just spill it all Cher. Let's go. Honestly, even though you already said it, it for me, it was Mariah. Mm-hmm. because I think Mariah and Britney's um, like treatment 
from the public is so there's so many parallels you know and they walk this very similar path and like Mariah gets it more than most people would get it even if they have had a hard time publicly like it's such a specific kind of mistreatment you know to have your mental health be used against you so publicly and then I don't know so I, Mariah was the one that I was really like oh thanks <laughs> thank you <laughs> Do you think we will see more support from other celebrities, other public figures? Or do you think now that it's been, I mean, by the time this comes out, it'll be almost a week after. Yeah, I think that it'll continue because I think that now that people are so invested in it, we'll see it kind of progress. I definitely think, um, you know, the interesting thing is like, for people who haven't been on this like very up and down bumpy roller coaster for the whole time. There are a lot of people coming into this now that are like, oh, well, let's just like get her out of it. Like, just make it end, you know? They don't understand that like, like most Britney fans have been sitting and, 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 and hoping that things would happen at court mm-hmm. on a semi, a monthly basis for literally half their life and nothing yeah. happens and the judges don't do anything and the lawyers don't do anything or they reschedule and they say it'll be we're coming back in seven months to talk about it again or whatever so it is funny watching people realize that this is like a literal limbo Mm -hmm. it's not just like somebody can like knock on her door and like escort her out you know so like that's been interesting seeing people uh kind of come to that realization but I do think that I mean it's going to continue to develop because now everybody's watching every single move that that team makes you know Speaking of her latest Instagram post, now TMZ, I always say, I'm like, you can trust them when it comes to anyone, but the Kardashians or Britney Spears. Totally, that's such a good point. TMZ right now, they're like, nope, Britney, a source close to us has told us Britney wrote her latest Instagram. There's no chance. (laughs) Britney has an IUD in her that she cannot take out. She is not allowed to go on Instagram. Yeah, there's no way. It's not logical. Like, if you think about it, it's literally illogical. This is a girl who, like like you said, she can't even go to the doctor to get her IUD out. She's not allowed to leave her front door. She can't drive a car. She isn't allowed to have a debit card. Like, she can't speak to people without them being, being vetted by her dad. Why would she just have access to Instagram freely? You know what I mean? It just doesn't make any sense. Like... If Iggy Azalea has to have her whole house sweeped for lunch, I mean, you know what I mean? It just doesn't really make any sense. I, I don't I don't believe it. I definitely think that there is some manipulation that's been going on with her Instagram where they're like, keep doing this and keep it up and keep filming these spinning videos because people love it. And this one got 2 million likes, like keep doing it. This is a good positive thing, keep doing it. I don't think that they're being honest with her and how she's being perceived online. And do you think during her deposition, she was like, they make me, I think, perform once a week or something? My guess was for Instagram. Me too. Okay. I do too. I mean, those weird, like we saw um, a few months ago, uh, a picture or like a video that she was posting and like, you got to see her whole setup, like um, her like filming setup, I guess, for what she uses. Mm -hmm. And it was like a big white, um, like background, like the kind that you pull down 
and like a stand for the camera. It just felt very like weird. Obviously the whole thing is really weird, but yeah, I, I don't think, I think that her Instagram is so sinister and weird. And honestly, I don't really engage in it a lot. I agree. I don't like posts. I feel weird mm -hmm. about liking posts. And guys, right before we started recording, I showed Troy Jamie Lynn Spears's latest picture. So obviously people are very upset with her because she's a part of the conservatorship as well. Mm -hmm. And her latest Instagram post is so bizarre. I'm like, right. are you trying to make us think you are also being affected by it? It was so weird. Troy, what do you think? It was so fucking weird. She's <laughs> such a rotted individual. Like she's so. <laughs> <laughs> Killing cats all over the place. Like how she got away with being rotted and, 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 and gristled and gnarled for so long and us not knowing. I mean, honestly, like she is terrible. Um, yeah, that post was super fucking weird. It, yeah, it looked like she was trying to, it was like trying to be strange. Yeah. You know, it was like trying to be weird. It's like, girl, what? And she turned all of her comments off. Absolutely. I mean, do you remember when she like jumped behind a sandwich shop and tried to stab people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, she's like straight up, like no joke, like Vicky Valancourt. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> oh my God. You know what I mean? I just feel like she's like a little blonde Vicky Valancourt and like, and then like, I don't know if you've ever read about all the terrible shit that she did on, um, on Zoe 101 with like the other girls and she was like a terrible bully and, you know, she got that girl kicked off the show and like made Britney show up and be mean to her. Like, she's just, she's dreadful. Yeah. I mean, as an older, I'm not an older sister, but if I was, I would definitely defend my younger sister if they were like, oh, this girl's being mean to me. So. Mm -hmm. Cause when I read that, I was kind of like, oh, like Brittany wouldn't like, that doesn't, what? And then I was like, oh, they're sisters. Like that's- Yeah, totally. If you're, yeah, if your baby sister's like, this girl's a bully, you know what I mean? Like, of course you'd show up and, and you're Britney Spears. You're the most powerful person in the world. Yeah, I, yeah, Jamie is just, and same thing for Brian. Somehow Brian Spears is, you know, um, not getting as much heat. And I know that he's not like contractually as involved in the conservatorship. I mean, Jamie was literally help, helping them um, like take money out and, and put it in accounts and stuff. And, you know, she's really heavily involved in it, but Brian is also a piece of shit. And he's yeah. said horrible things about her like publicly and like in interviews and stuff. And I'll never forget that interview he did last year where he said, unfortunately, the women in his family are strong-minded. Like, just yes. hillbilly fucking trash, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And I remember there was a time where Britney was with him a lot, but it seemed like she was more with his daughter. Like she was holding mm -hmm. on to her niece very tightly. Right. And it's like, it's so unfair. I mean, especially because, you know, when she was younger, her brother was, uh, would be taking her out to the bars and stuff in New Orleans and like really like kind of helped teach her how to party mm -hmm. as a kid, you know? It's like, I just I just think that he's trash too. That whole family is disgusting. And I've, I just wanna say on record that I've always been very weary of Lynn Spears, always, even Me when I was too. younger. Can I tell you why? Her fucking book 
when Britney, this was before Britney was before 2007, Mm -hmm. before, you know, everything happened. Lynn came out with a book where she talked about how Britney lost her virginity at like 14 or 15 to like an 18 or 19 year old. Yeah. That she was letting live in Britney's room. Yes. Like, and because he was like uh, a popular wealthy kid from Kent White and it would help their name. Like, I don't think people understand the extent of how much of a true John Bonet Ramsey Britney was as a kid, like a real pageant kid, Mm -hmm. the real deal flipper and all, you know, kisses, smoochie, cupcake hands. Like Britney was a pageant kid and her mom is a stage mom. I mean, she is the almost the purest definition to me of a stage mom. And of course I appreciate, you know, people make the argument that, you know, she was there and and Jamie wasn't there. And, you know, her mom was the one traveling with her and and being around as much as she could. But like, obviously she wasn't protecting her daughter. Right. It seemed like Felicia was, if anybody. Exactly. And like, you can look at other celebrities. Like, I don't, I don't recall, you know, people like Brandy or like other, like young females, like pop artists who, had mothers that were heavily involved where like their mom is letting a board move of people debate what thong they should wear. Yeah. Still the, the parent of a 15 or 16 year old girl who's being turned into a fucking sex doll and you're letting it happen. I just think that she has somehow gotten some kind of victim edit or something. And I think it's weird. So empty lawyer, do you follow mm-hmm. him crazy days and nights? Uh-huh. So I remember I listened to his podcast about Britney and then one about Taylor Swift and he was like the difference between the two are that Taylor Swift's parents were present and didn't want to be famous too Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's a good point that's a really good point that's what I think of a lot when I think of Dina and Michael Lohan even like Mm -hmm. Hayden Penetier's parents yes totally um is there anyone you want to speak out because other than taylor swift i have one person in mind and i kind of want to see if it's the same person as you it is a female okay um i would like to see people that are like really 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 powerful speak out like i'd love to see like rihanna say something okay i'd love to see like beyonce say something because Rihanna worked with britney rihanna has a fucking song with her and destiny's child opened for britney like she kind of gave them a a huge break because she took them on tour with her um so i would love to hear beyonce say something i want to hear people say stuff who are her peers like it would be nice to hear from i know like you know people were talking about miley and stuff and like demi like i care about that but i really want to hear stuff from like her um her like peers from when she was like coming up the trl group the people knew all the things yeah, I was gonna say Christina. Wow, that's the that is the best answer. That's the answer. <laughs> that's the that's the right answer. That is the answer. <laughs> because again, like they were so pitted against one another, and still in my head, I'm like, oh, they hate each other. They might mm-hmm. hate each other, right. but just the idea of Christina being like, I support Britney in this would mm-hmm. like shake me to the core. God, it would shake everybody. We would all collectively lose our shit if she finally did the right thing and said something nice publicly about another human person it would be amazing 
it'd be so redeeming for her. Absolutely. And again, I don't know if there's just more, more pull in the industry than we can ever understand, but I don't know why. Or maybe one of my friends was like, well, maybe Taylor won't talk about it because she doesn't want to make it about herself. But mm -hmm. this is bigger than that, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. It is bigger than that. And I feel like for them, for these celebrities, like they know that this happens to people. Mm -hmm. They see it happen all the time. Like these contracts that you avoid and these seedy people that you avoid because you get in situations like her. Like she is the poster child for making, you know, poor decisions industry-wise and like allowing people into your life that are bad. And they all know that world. You know what I mean? It's like to act, this isn't like new to them. And that's mm -hmm. what's annoying to me. It's like, I just wish that somebody would be like, we all saw for years how fucked up this was. I worked with Britney on this commercial or whatever. And I saw this and I saw that. Who cares? If it was 10 years ago, who really even cares about if you're honest about something like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. Now, excuse me, as we are, we're going to start talking about the deposition that Brittany mm -hmm. did, that she spoke in court. Is deposition the right word? Am I using Yeah, word? I think okay. so. <laughs> yeah. What were your first reaction when you heard that? Because I actually, I saw a tweet by you and I was mm -hmm. like, holy shit. You said her Southern accent was there. Mm -hmm. But what was your first overall, because it was 25 minutes or so of her just yeah. talking, speaking her truth. My immediate reaction was that I, I like felt like I knew who this person was. Mm -hmm. And that was like the biggest, that was the thing that really like rattled me. I wasn't expecting, you know, you're expecting to hear Instagram, Brittany. Right. I was expecting her to be nervous and, and shaky and, you know, saying a bunch of shit that isn't in relation to what they're talking about. And, you know, that, you know, Ariel is her favorite Disney princess. Like I was expecting Instagram Brittany, you know, and to hear her real voice, her real accent, and to hear her being like assertive and how I know her to be, which is like, very assertive, very sort of um, tell it like it is. And, and, you know, and still has like the nerve to be charming. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, that's just so Britney to still be charming even during the lowest point of her life during a fucking court hearing, she's still charming. Um, so yeah, I was just excited that it, she felt so recognizable. I was like, this is my girl, like I know her. Like, this is the Britney that I've known my whole life. That internet Britney that I don't feel connected to it made me feel like, oh, I don't feel connected to her for a reason. I'm not crazy for thinking like this is like, you know, some fucking clone. <laughs> no, I completely agree. I mean, I was always saying, posting, this is not Britney. This is not mm -hmm. her running her Instagram. And everyone's like, how do you know? And now I'm like, this is how I fucking know. Because right. the Britney that, and, and, and you know what? I'm not, I guess I've said I'm a casual Britney fan, but growing up, like Britney was my girl. Totally. And... I was like, this is the Britney I remember on TRL, on having, being in interviews and being able to have a conversation, mm -hmm. even though it was very one-sided, but it was right. her voice. It was her just articulating how she felt. Yeah, and she felt very, um, she felt like overcome with how much emotion she was feeling. Yeah. Just the excitement to be able to express herself. 
and um, and to be able to speak to the world for the first time. I mean, this is a girl who has only known this industry since, since she was a kid and she's only known being able to like address the world. Mm-hmm. And for 13 years that was taken away from her and she's had other people speaking for her and incorrectly, you know? Um, so just hearing her, you know, be so excited to like just talk to the public and and also just like the fear in her voice. Like you tell she was mm-hmm. scared, you know, cause God only knows what they're doing to her right now because of what she did. So yeah. she was scared and she was nervous and and also fucking angry. The rage. Yeah, like that trembling rage that you get, like, you know, when you're really mad, like you could hear that, where she was just so mad that she was talking from like the deepest part of her stomach. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if you listen, if people listening understand that she is still under Jamie and all of them. Like just mm-hmm. because she did that doesn't mean she's out. Right. Now, yeah, now it just means more people know. And that's pretty much it. Like, she still has no control over any decision she makes all day. Now, for me, the part that shook me and almost made me, like, physically ill was the IUD. Mm-hmm. Was there a specific moment for you that just stuck out completely? The IUD was one where I was like, holy shit. Like, mm-hmm. they are denying her the opportunity to have a child. Like, right oh my God, they're denying her healthcare. Like she's not allowed to go to the doctor. Like this is like, that was really, really bad. And then also um, I would say when she talked about, not not that it wasn't stuff that we didn't know, but just to hear her be able to verbalize like her thoughts about her family mm-hmm. and to finally just say it. And, you know, and I don't know, I, I also was really shook by, when she, cause I've always, it's like, all we've done is like, wonder what it's like, like her interactions with these people. I mean, does she have like friends in her circle? Does she have people in her house watching her? Are there security there? Can she freely roam around her house? Like, what is the deal? Like, what are the logistics of the situation? Mm-hmm. So when she described that scenario where she didn't like a single dance move, a single dance move and all the dancers and the the people in charge and her dad had a meeting about her not liking a dance move in a different room and like she came they came back and she got in trouble it's like wow this is like more extreme than i think a lot of people thought and she's the one who choreographs most of her dances right so it's like, you're making her do all of this work, rank in all this money. That she's not seeing. That she doesn't get, mm-hmm. you know? And I was also thinking about that too. Like the, the financial aspect of it is also undeniably psychotic. Cause she's only, her net worth right now is only like 60 million or something. Right. Which, which is, is obviously a lot, but it should be like four times the amount. Totally. It's absolutely absurd. The amount of money that has been, you know, uh, illegally, I don't, what's the word for when you illegally transfer money? There's a word for it. Like, sneaky? Um, <laughs> the sneaky money <laughs> that has been just disappearing from her, you know, her accounts, like, 
is insane, the amount of money that these people have made. It's unimaginable. And to think like when you're watching all those old Britney clips and you're seeing her have these like, successful tours and these albums and breaking all these Guinness records and stuff, she's accumulating a wealth that she is going to then have stolen from her. You know, it's like to not, for her to not know what's coming is like crazy when you watch old Britney interviews and stuff now. Yeah, absolutely. I think another part that really stuck out to me was when she was talking about how she was going to AA and she mm. made three friends and she could not mm -hmm. see see those three friends. That just made me feel so obviously how isolated she is and how she just wanted her nails done and she couldn't go get her nails done, but people would come into their to her home with their nails done. Yeah. It's like the littlest things that, again, Britney Spears to me is like a god. Right? Exactly. She's someone who I've idolized, looked up to for so long. And you're just like, I have more freedom than Britney Spears does. Yeah. More freedom and like, in some cases, access to more money. Yeah. I mean, she gets like a couple thousand dollars every few weeks. Like, I mean, she literally is like the most, she's living such a pedestrian life because of this conservatorship. And like you said, we all have more freedom than her. The fact that you and I can get in a car and go to the bank is like her dream right now. And I will say my last time you were here, I asked about Sam. Sam, my mind has changed about Sam. Me too. <laughs> Me too. I thought about you because I was like, oh, I like him now. <laughs> yeah. And there's still a part of me that's like, how do the logistics work? But she mm. seems happy. She wants, she openly said, I want to marry him. I want to have kids yeah. with him. Yes. Yeah, totally. And he, you know, I also, I can't imagine what he's going through. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure that, I don't know if you saw um, yesterday or earlier today, uh, her boyfriend did an, her ex-boyfriend did an interview. Which one was it? Um, I think that it is, I wrote down his name because I always forget. Was it the it one is, that she dated and he cheated on her? Date, yeah, David Lucado or Luchado. Yeah. Um, and her dad like hated him because he didn't really want to be a part of the conservatorship. So they basically brainwashed her into breaking up with him and her dad mm -hmm. planted. Yeah. Yeah. He planted like stories about him cheating with TMZ and TMZ in, helped. In like a video or something, there was allegedly, they were like, he, he was allegedly shopping around a sex tape with him and right. Britney. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely think it was him. And for anybody who hasn't read it, he basically talked about, he he confirmed that her Instagram account, that she wasn't running it while they were dating. And um, that she, yeah, she just has no freedom. And, and they go out of their way to make her feel isolated and make her feel really bad and to make her feel, um, I think he's used the term uh, in, inhumane. Like they want her to not feel like an equal human. Um, yeah, so... I can't even imagine the stuff that she was just too embarrassed to say. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm sure it goes all the way back to the fact that like Lou Pearlman is a fucking mm -hmm. creep. All yeah. roads, all roads lead back to Lou Pearlman in yeah. like the nineties pop star world. Totally. The, the destruction that he set forth, like, mm -hmm. you know, he created this um, really sinister tone for all of these people's lives. And you look at people like Nick Carter and Brittany and just everything that all, Aaron, like what these people have been through publicly for the last 20 years. And in some cases, like they're not, 
you know, Aaron, Nick Carter is like not a great person, but who's to say what kind of person he could have been if he wasn't abused as a teenager by an old man. Right. Yeah, you know? for sure. So yeah, he's a monster. Every time I look at a picture of him, I always think of you because I just like, <laughs> you're the person that I rant about him to. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it was the worst. I had uh, Brad Fischetti from LFO and they were put yes. together by Lou Perlman. Yeah. And I tried, I tried so hard, but it just- Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. When I saw that, I was like, full Home Alone. I was like, holy shit. I know, I and LFO opened for Britney. Mm-hmm, LFO. I used to um, have crushes on all of them, actually, to be honest. Makes sense. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about the key players mm. in the Free Britney, or the anti-Free Britney movement is what mm -hmm. I'll call it. Jamie Spears, mm -hmm. how did he, you know way more than I do, so how did he end up becoming lead of the conservatorship? So Jamie was basically able to put all this forth because at the beginning when everything was happening in 2007 when Britney was going through all of her stuff publicly, he was able to take this and make it look like it was this thing that would make her Britney Spears again. Cause we didn't know what any of this was. Mm -hmm. So it was like this thing that would make her Britney again. It would make her, you know, her hair would magically, magically grow back and she would magically have an eight pack and she would want to dance and tour again. And she'd be smiley and bubbly and happy. And that's all we wanted because we didn't see her as the full, a fully formed human person. And then that happened. Like they took, they put her back on tour. She did the circus tour. She did the circus album. It was mm -hmm. massive. We got our girl back. It really at that time felt like the conservatorship was this amazing thing. And that's how they were able to spin it to the public. And, you know, for a lot of people who were not, um, I remember at the beginning when they first started talking about it, I was like, I don't know what this is, but if it means that her dad is like, you know, gonna come, you know, to LA from Louisiana and like, get all these seedy gross people out of her life and then she'll just have her family. I was excited about yeah. it. Yeah, Sam you know, Lefty's out of there. Yeah, Sam's gone, like the, you know, Adnan, like I was like, oh, this is gonna be amazing. Like now it's just the family and they have control over everything and nobody can get her money. And I was like, so excited. And then like a year into it, I'd say is when I got really weird about it. And I remember being like, whoa, she's going on tour? Like she just got sober like a month ago. And yeah. what? That I guess it took me a lot longer to realize, but I I think at first, obviously what the conservatorship, how it was set up, awful, disgusting, horrible. But I mm. think at first it was good. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it was a, a positive thing right. until they realized how they could work it for them. That's exactly how I feel when they realize the money potential, mm -hmm. you know, cause there are conservatorships that have no financial aspect, you know, and they could have chosen that. I actually read about, there's one conservatorship that has this very specific term or name. I don't know what it is, but it's one where it has nothing to do with money and it's all just like care basically. Oh, okay. And like they chose this, this specific kind of conservatorship because it was the most financially, you know, whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I guess like 
for me, the confirmation would have been for the record, her MTV documentary, because mm-hmm. that was everybody's sort of look into what her life was like, because we didn't know. And at that point, we were like, well, she's sober now. Is she happy? Is she, does she get to see her kids a lot? Is she, does she have friends still? You know, and then to, to get that look into her life and realize that she was so sad, so lonely, newly sober, clean turkey, like clean turkey, (laughs) cold turkey, um, you know, completely just like all of a sudden one day was just off everything and had nobody in her life, no friends, no boyfriend, just her dad. And it was so gross and so fucked up that they even trying to make it look uh, presentable in that documentary, it was still sad and still seedy and still like, oh, this is the the cleaned up version of what you guys do to her. Was that the documentary that was prepping her for her Vegas residency or was that a different one? Uh, no, that was the one that was like um, filming her during circus. Okay. So it filmed her about to do the VMAs with like Russell Brand. Yeah, I remember that one because I, it was, again, they were prepping her for the Vegas residency. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, she ha- she has like a great eye for detail because she decided she wanted that tree. She mm. decided she want lights around the whole arena. And I was kind of mm-hmm. like, wait, 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 Brittany chooses this? Yeah. You know, like yeah. to me, I was kind of like, Brittany has a brain. And right. then honestly, I think after that is when I was like, all right, let's fucking go, Brittany. Like we're yeah. going to we're going to be together. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yes. Yeah. They, it's so fucked up. Cause she's so, she's so creative and she's so in the reason for so many of like the things that made her an icon. She also you was know? a big songwriter too. Huge songwriter, like such an ear for like, you know, the talent too of like a producer. Like mm-hmm. there were so many producers that she put on who, maybe would have had big careers, but like they had way bigger careers because of her. And I heard, maybe I heard this from you, I'm not sure, that she would take her name off of songs to help other songwriters. Yeah, so she would like help co-write songs heavily. But then, you know, if some person was working on it who maybe had like one or two other credits, she would let them take the writing credit for the song because it's a huge deal to have said that you wrote a Britney Spears song um, so yes, yeah, so many of her songs she's helped write, which is like, you know, it's just the the chipping away at her, at, like at her career and her life and her talent and everything over the years has just been so exhausting, you know? For sure. And I almost feel like the Britney documentary that just came out, I forget, I already forget what it was called, the New York Times one. Oh, um, yes. Why can't I think of it now? But yes, everybody knows what you're talking about. Yeah. But I felt like, and this made me very uneasy, obviously, but I was like, this seems like she shouldn't be alive. Like, this mm-hmm. is something, a documentary that would have been made about, like, Princess Di or Amy Winehouse or, like, Janis Joplin, like, someone like that, not someone who's still alive. Framing Britney yeah. Spears. Framing Britney, yes. Um, it's funny that you say that because I have a a theory about her that it's always in my mind, but I don't say it out loud a lot because I think it's like dark, that she is a celebrity who I think we look at as someone who did die. Mm. Like in a way, Britney did die 
And then we were given this other version of Britney, this like Britney 2.0 in 2008 that we slowly stopped being able to recognize. And then it got to a point where it was like, I don't know who this girl is. Like, I don't, like Finn Fatale, Britney, I don't, I don't know her. Mm-hmm. Like, hold it against me, Britney. I don't know that girl. Yeah. So she is sort of like a postmortem celebrity in a lot of ways because the way that we look at her is like, the way that we, I mean, even the way that we talk about her, we talk about her, like you said, like an Amy or a Whitney or a Michael, somebody who didn't make it, but she did make it. And it's like crazy that she did. And as you say that, I get chills because I think of her song, Mona Lisa, that they tried to hide. I mean, like, it, that, and it's so funny too, because I feel like people are waking up to the, the realization that she is hands down, even if you're not a Britney Spears fan, she's the most interesting celebrity maybe I mean one of the most interesting celebrities ever exist yeah it's just so layered and there's so much to it it's so overwhelming so we we talked about Jamie I know we as we do we went off course (laughs) yeah sorry Jesus no it's what I do too I mean I'm like one talk Lou Pearlman like let's go um we can talk about another sicko Dan Schneider because I'm about to bring up Jamie Lynn Spears okay 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 so Jamie Lynn Spears to me is just as bad as Jamie Mm -hmm. I mean not only how many who knows how many cats she has killed with her Tesla Right. Who knows how many counters she's jumped over and grabbed knives. Fucking psycho. What is up with her? I don't get it. I honestly don't get it. I don't feel like I know enough about her as a person to like really say, but I will say it's like, you know, she's obviously really enjoyed not working for 13 years. Right. And she's obviously being able to raise her daughter while her sister cannot raise her children and like you know she'll she'll do the occasional uh you know flat tummy tea fucking gummy bears teeth vitamin whatever for instagram but she doesn't work she dabbled in a country career that did absolutely nothing like she she tried to do a zoe 101 comeback that didn't work yeah that didn't work and she like bamboozled people because it was a music video (laughs) (laughs) like lied about what it was gonna be (laughs) So everybody was like, what did we just pay for? Like, what? <laughs> um, so yeah, she's just like a shady character. Like, ugh. And you know what's frustrating? Because as you say that, I'm like, it must be really hard to grow up as Britney Spears' little sister. Mm-hmm. But Ashley Simpson overcame being Jessica Simpson's little sister, so. <laughs> Listen, yeah. And like, totally agree with that. It must have been... You know, especially during those really difficult years, it must have just been awful, you know? And maybe during that time, not to say that this makes it any better, but like just to maybe try and rationalize it, maybe during that time, because she did put them through such hell, they've never been able to like see her the same way or something. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing I can think of because it's like to for 13 years to watch your own sibling be a slave it's like do you guys care if she dies yeah do you even you care if she's alive other than like the money that you'll lose out on like do you care that's like very similar to michael jackson i feel like yeah 
Agreed. And they also have eerily similar similar lives. Like, I can't believe she is... I, sometimes I just can't believe that Britney is alive. And I give her so much credit. I have to say, after listening to her speak her truth, like, Britney Spears is a damn strong person. Yeah, for sure. She's, like, the most resilient person I've ever experienced in this industry. As somebody who's like obsessed with celebrity, I've never seen somebody be put through what she's put through and still be so ready to just like keep fighting. And kind. I've and never nice. heard anyone say anything bad. And I don't know if I was with you or talking to Ryan Bailey, mm-hmm. but I always go back to the interview with Zoe Saldana. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When she was on yes. Watch What Happens Live and someone was like, what did you think of Britney's performance or whatever? And she's like, that's really unkind. When I was coming up, a lot of people were rude to me, but Britney, you know, we were in Crossroads together. She was one of the kindest people. And I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah, it's so she true. Could have never... taken, she could have taken the Justin Timberlake route. She could have completely like ruined him, but she never did. Right, especially in, this is another thing that you and I talked about, like, she knows so much about him. Like, she knows so much about him. Things, you know, things and things. And she never exposed him, ever. Ever. She even said, she was like, I like his music. I'm like, I know. (laughs) I know. It's like, why are you such a good person? God, it's, yeah, it's, and I think that that's probably why people um, take to the story so much because a worse thing couldn't happen to a better person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a truly kind-hearted, sweet, just humble person who was so weirdly unaffected by fame too. It's like, why are you the most famous person in the entire universe? And like, you still will pop gum and, and during an interview and like burp up Pepsi. Like, why are you so normal? You know? Um, yeah, it just couldn't happen to a worse person. I I agree. So I'm going to step away from obviously the people involved because I want to talk about Kevin Federline's statement. But one thing, again, I'm not sure if people listening know, they are trying to say that Britney has dementia. Mm-hmm. And I worked with Alzheimer's residents for over a year and they were okay. all in their 80s. None of them would be able to perform a two-hour show, know every dance move, and then put on a fucking residency. Right. That's all I have to say. Teach the choreo. Like, remember all of the lyrics to their 20-year category or catalog of songs. And, yeah, and do this every night. and, And also while still doing all of the other promo stuff that they want her to do outside of the residency, you know, like advertising things and starting, you know, lingerie lines and all of this stuff. Like it's so, it's so asinine and it's so silly. It's almost like it was the only thing that they could think of that would even be a little bit like, well, we could say she has dementia. It's like, what? Dementia? Out of everything? Out of everything, like of all the mental health things that you like, could have made up, dementia. In one thing, like even if she does have bipolar or manic or whatever people are throwing on her, mm-hmm. there are plenty of people who raise children. 
right. with that. As long as they're properly medicated. She was on fucking lithium. Lithium. For lithium. For how long? Like I think she said it was like less it was less than five months, but she did say like that was the mark where you like start to not be able to recover. Yeah. Yeah. You I know? think she said over a month. Yeah. That's insane. And like the thing that about the mental health stuff that drives me crazy is that people forget that she was driven to a breakdown. Mm-hmm. She didn't just have a breakdown because she had all these crazy mental health issues and she was this like crazy woman who all of a sudden came out of her house one day with an umbrella or whatever. Like she was completely fine mm-hmm. and was really intensely driven by the media to crack and it actually took her way longer to crack I think than it would most people yeah no I agree you know and then she but and then but it's like they act like when they talk about her mental health stuff they act like you know it's she's just like this crazy woman who just has all these crazy issues and it's like well no like she had a breakdown because she was driven to one and then she like very quickly actually kind of recovered from it yeah yeah I know what I mean like in hindsight yeah I completely agree with you so obviously what we just said is like the media really did was a driving force against Britney do you think that's why it took her so long to actually like address everything because I think in her deposition she said she didn't know how the media would believe her because she didn't believe the Paris Hilton documentary is that what she said yeah she said at at first when she watched the documentary she didn't know if it was real and she knew people would um wouldn't believe her because her story is so outlandish right right you know and um but she did eventually end up believing the documentary I'm going to assume I'm assuming yeah yeah I think she probably just thought at the beginning it was so like out of this world that like who could ever think that this happened to yeah. Paris Hilton because she's so wealthy um but yeah I mean one of the things that I talked about in my episode was that she has never been given the opportunity ever to be vulnerable with the press and with the media mm-hmm. and with the public and anytime she's I mean I don't know if people understand like the extent of how much like the butt of the joke she's been for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Like she was the joke for a really long time. Um, and yeah, I, it's like, it's gotta be really a really foreign feeling for her to be that vulnerable and know that the world's gonna hear it. Cause that doesn't really, like that doesn't play out too well for her. And I almost feel like she did it because she knows the fans are behind her. Yeah. And that fucking broke my heart. Cause I was like, this is, she knows that free Britney is a thing. And for the first time in her entire life, she knows that her fans are louder than her like detractors. You know what I mean? The people yeah. who like, I mean, this is really the first time that, that that's ever been a thing. Absolutely. No, I completely agree. Like I said, I think that the Britney Spears fan fans really did bridge that gap where, Mm -hmm. you know, they were noticing her Instagram was off. They were noticing, you know, she had a flip phone instead of an iPhone. Just Mm -hmm. it's like the opposite of Taylor Swift Easter eggs where it's like (laughs) something exciting. But Britney Spears, you're like, oh, my God, it's going to get fucking darker. Right. I go. It's so true. It's so true. And I, I, 
it's crazy that this has happened with her because I feel like so many celebrities, people like Whitney and stuff, I bet so many of like the hardcore fans of people like her wish that they could have, you know, rallied in this way and like really made a change. But you're right. I mean, we've never seen a fan base have this much of an impact on a celebrity's life. Not like this. This is crazy. Like it's a different positive way. Mm -hmm. It's like really making change, like making changes in her life. Absolutely. Absolutely. So back to the people involved in this, Lynn Spears, I will say I was surprised that, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Brittany was very much, I want to sue my entire family Mm -hmm. because I thought also guys, I'm sorry if you hear meowing, it's the cat in the background, (laughs) but Lynn Spears, I always thought was a more positive light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My cat says, fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> but what do you think of that, Troy? Because again, I really did think Lynn was the only one who we could maybe trust. Yeah, I think that... Other than that weird book. Right. I think that Lynn has been able to be quiet, live in Louisiana, drink her sweet tea, shop, really enjoy her life behind, you know, the gates of her manor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's easy to make her, it's easy for Lynn to look like, not, I wouldn't say victim, but it's easy for her to not look like the villain in the situation. Because didn't she come out with some kind of statement being like, I have no idea. Jamie won't let me talk to her. Yeah, and she started, like, liking Free Britney posts, and that was the thing that really started to send people off, where they were like, oh my god, Lynn supports the movement, like, Lynn is a part of Free Britney. Um, I think she had, like, responded to some comments, and she was liking people's comments that, you know, they were confirming things about Britney. So people were trying to get ahead of it. Yeah, like, she's looking, trying to make herself look like she's not as bad as Jamie, which... She's not. I mean, I can't imagine many people are, but like, you know, it doesn't change the fact that like she's making a lot of fucking money off of this conservatorship. It's not like she's turning down checks. Right. You know what I mean? She's not noble. I I agree. And after I was like, I thought she was innocent. Then I'm like, wait, I just talked about that book where she like openly talked about her daughter's virginity. So mm-hmm. Maybe I just needed to remind myself of that horrendous. Right. Yeah. And to think that you even need to, it's like, what, why are you writing a book? Right. You have everything that you could ever want in this world. Mm -hmm. You don't, you've never had to, you haven't been poor in 25 or 25 years. Why are you writing a tell-all book about your daughter during a heightened time in her life when people are like after her? That's so gross. What the fuck? Like, what is even the logic behind that? I I don't know. I guess, and then there's Brian, of course, mm-hmm. who we talked about a little bit, who is still trash, but maybe not as much trash. But then again, he thinks women in his, he yeah. thinks women in his life are like too stubborn. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that he's just a dumb hillbilly drunk, to be honest with you. Like, he's just like a, a true slack-jawed yokel, to be honest. Yeah. And- uh he doesn't give a shit about her sister's well-being you know he doesn't as long as he's getting paid 
Yeah, as long as he's getting paid. I think Brian, Brian hasn't cared in a really long time. Like a really, really, really long time, way longer than the conservatorship about what happens to her or her well-being or anything like that. He's just trash. <laughs> All right, my last person is Kevin Federline because I read his statement and I was kind of like, why'd you even say anything at all if this is your statement? Kevin is so, the Kevin of it all. Like it really, for me, just proves like you are a piece of shit. You're exactly what everyone says you are. Yeah, like you haven't grown up at all, even though it was 10 years ago. It'd be so easy for him to be like, you know what? Because I've even defended Kevin on my own podcast. I've given him the benefit of the doubt and been like, you know what? He was a broke backup dancer from fucking Fresno who all of a sudden, the biggest pop star in the entire world, the girl that every man desires at this moment, like the sex symbol of the decade is bringing him to, to Italy right. on tour. And they're staying at in the presidential suite at the top of like a iconic hotel. And then they're going to Switzerland and at night they're going to nightclubs and doing ecstasy and having co- trays of cocaine brought out to them and stuff. I mean, this, this guy's life was just spiraled, you know? So right. I gave him the benefit of the doubt, but it's like, what what harm would it do for you at this point? You'll never have to work again, really, for the rest of your life. You're dabbling in being a DJ. Because he asked for more money from her not long ago. Mm-hmm. And that's what I don't think people remember. Like, he was trying to get, like, 40 grand a month, or maybe not 40 grand, but a fucking ton a, a month. A lot. And she was kind of like, I don't want to support you that much, which I don't blame her. Yeah. It's absurd. It's yeah. Not- and the only reason was because he has you know he constantly has babies on the way right exactly I mean he is he has like 12 children mm-hmm. so his you know he like will up his amount based on how many more kids he's having that year um but yeah he's a piece of shit he's a complete it's like what what harm would it do for you you'll never have to work again ever to just publicly be like supportive yeah you don't have to like tell all of your secrets or whatever, but like be really, really supportive of the the mother of your children who you were in love with at one time and is being physically and mentally abused. And that's one thing I keep thinking about are her kids. Mm-hmm. Like her kids, one was already, I don't know if it was Sean or Jaden, but he was on Instagram live. Mm-hmm. And he was like, if I get to 5,000, I'll spill all the secrets. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, it was Sean. It was Sean, yeah. But I'm just, I'm like, those poor kids. Imagine like, and I'm sure they just want to be with their mom at some Mm -hmm. point, you know, maybe not 24-7, but it's probably hard for them to be around her when she's so controlled. I can't even imagine. I was thinking about the conversations that she must have with them alone. Yeah, yeah. Because you would imagine like they're probably the person she's the most vulnerable with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they all, I mean, they know what's going on. It's not like it it can be hidden from them. Right. And I was also thinking just about the, imagine the PTSD that those kids feel being born into a tabloid narrative. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, when they, I mean, they obviously they Google things. They must Google 
the way that they were, their mom was talked about while they were, while she was pregnant with them, the way she was treated immediately after she gave birth. I mean, her being swerved off the road and chased by people and shit. And then, you know, for Sean Preston's like sort of, uh, I mean, like the driving on the lap thing and the car seat and, you know, and her, the almost dropping him in quotes thing where she stumbled in the street, like his life specifically has just been already has been so crazy so I can't even imagine like what they actually deal with just mentally based on that situation. And didn't Jamie fight one of them or like be try and beat up one of them? Yeah, he got like really physically aggressive with one of them. And Kevin was like, well, f- no. Right. You're not going to fucking beat up my kid. And that like, sucks because I think that's when Brittany still had some kind of custody with them. Mm-hmm. And again, Jamie took that away from her. Yeah. God, he's such. She was like, he loves hearing me cry. I'm like, fuck, Jamie. Like, Jamie Spears should be worried. Honestly, Kelly, that's what I was literally going to say to you. Like, what do you think it's going to be like? What is it like? like? Can you imagine what it's like for him out on the street right now? Honestly, Jamie Lynn Spears and Lou Taylor both live in Nashville. And I'm like. Oh my if see, god. If, if I see Lou Taylor, it's on site. <laughs> oh my god, please FaceTime me while you like key her car or something. Anything. I literally on Twitter, I was like, Lou Taylor is in Nashville sometimes. What does she look like? I must have got 15 replies just to photos of her. <laughs> I need you to just just a little poke in the tire with the knife or something. Just a little something. For the people, a little inconvenience in her life would really make me happy. And Lou Taylor is my last person I wanted to talk about. Because I feel like she is still fairly hidden Mm. in all of this craziness. Everyone is putting their energy to the Spears family, as they should. Mm -hmm. But Lou Taylor, can you explain more who she is? So Lou Taylor is interesting because she is the mastermind behind... um, the sort of fine print, I guess you could say, of this conservatorship. And real quick, not to interrupt you, but I'm going to just for one moment. She yeah. also tried to get Lindsay Lohan on a conservatorship. So those yeah. are like her jam, like really fucked up conservatorships. But please, can, I just wanted to throw that out there. No, totally. Yeah, she tried to get Lindsay on one and that didn't work out. And then she tried to get Courtney Love into one. Oh. And Courtney fled the country to get away from her because... She's so, I mean, she comes with such a a powerful, you know, intense, like ready to go machine to swoop in and control the narrative, change the public perception, planting, I mean, she's like, will basically burlap sack you and all of a sudden you have no control over your life. Um, And Courtney Love's crazy. She's like, hell no. Yeah, Courtney Love is like, fuck no. And she did say, Courtney posted on her Instagram that, um, that they almost got her. She was like, Lou Taylor almost got me, um, oh. but I ended up fleeing the country. And she literally, she deleted it. But she said like, I will, she's like, you guys need to flee the country. Like you have to take Britney and go to, to England because you'll never get out of the conservatorship with the way that it's set up. You'll never get out. 
So you guys wow. have to flee. She was like, I will take you in. You can bring Brittany to my house. Like, like crazy. Courtney um, Love is so insane, but she even talked about Harvey Weinstein before like Me Too movement. I know. And all of these people like Sam Lutfi, uh, Lou Taylor, though, that was Courtney's team for a minute. Like oh. had Britney's conservatorship team in her life. And they were like, you know, she was really, really uh, heavy into like a peak addiction moment. And they're like, you need us. We'll take care of you. We'll make everything right. And she's like, fuck that. And she has basically lived in England ever since. She's like, I'll take more drugs and leave. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so back to specifically Lou Taylor, she is completely the mastermind behind this whole thing. It's been rumored that she uh, basic she like slept with Jamie as her way in because she oh yeah because she had been trying to send Brittany um documents and paperwork and she was calling her you know 60 times a day and leaving voicemails on her phone and sending all these obsessive emails like emails every day trying to get some communication with Brittany it wasn't working Brittany reached out to her lawyer she said this woman is stalking me I'm afraid of her I don't know who she is. I think that she may be trying to get involved in my um, custody with my kids. And I just wanna make sure that everything is gonna be okay before anything like that happens because she's scary and she seems crazy. And then all of a sudden this stranger that Brittany asked her lawyer to protect her from is in charge of whether or not she can like shit at a day. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy. Um, she's a nightmare. She is the leader, one of the co-leaders of a um, one of those scary churches, like one of those schools that Paris Hilton was sent to, she was like running one of them. She's probably they, part of Nixium. No, she's such a Nixium girl. Such a Nixium girl. <laughs> like so Nixium, the house down, um, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Like she's the very much that girl. Um, and it's crazy because if you look up, like for anybody who doesn't know, if you look up like the tactics that they use at her school to punish, you know, sexual assault survivors, survivors of all kinds of abuse, all women, of course, um, it's like things that you can tell that they are like doing to Britney, like isolating and blaming and, you know, having these girls who have been molested by family members, like blaming them and then coming out of the school thinking that they did something wrong and having to repent their whole lives like crazy psychotic mental warfare kind of shit she's a monster what monster. a fucking vulture of yeah a human. just like the worst kind of person and you'll see her comment on jamie lynn spears stuff mm -hmm. like they're buds like they're fucking buddies and yeah and like jane she basically jamie and her teamed up and found a way to get Jamie's name on this conservatorship so that they could basically like cipher money out from Britney and pretend that it's going to college funds that it's not really going to. She's taken millions and millions of dollars and put it into that school. So she's using Britney's money to fund her abuse school, which is like I, it's just there's just so much illegal shit going on that it, I, it, my brain can't wrap 
I can't wrap my head around why it's like not why the cops aren't just like, oh no, you can't keep doing this. It's all I, illegal. I did see something saying the FBI needs to get involved. Totally. Like we've confirmed that there's a girl trapped in her house being abused. The end. The end. I mean, what is what what why are we going to court again? It doesn't matter who it is. Like right. it just so happens to be Britney Spears. Which it's is so, so still so crazy to even say. I know. It's it's so insane. The fact I have like a psycho cat behind me just meowing her head off. I'm sorry <laughs> if you can hear it. No, like, you can ha- barely hear it. Like she has more freedom than Britney. So 1000%. Britney would kill for what she's doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's so sad. And honestly, I feel like everyone needs to continue to amplify their voice because just because there's been one moment in court, her next court mm-hmm. date's my birthday, July 14th. Wow. So I'm like, hopefully that's some good juju. Like, Oh my God, I hope so. But it just, I don't know how to explain it because I still don't think as a human, I've processed that this absolute idol icon, everything mm-hmm. is basically like Rapunzel. It's really hard to wrap your head around. Like I did a, a podcast episode with, um, with a, a really awesome Britney podcast called Eat, Pray, Britney. Okay. And we talked about, um, we talked about Mona Lisa and original doll and stuff mm-hmm. mostly. And one of the points that I, I like could not get out of my mind was that Britney is what you would consider to be like a legacy artist. So she is like a Madonna, a Michael, a Prince. Absolutely, yeah. You know, right? But she's like, if one of those, like she's like if Whitney Houston or if Madonna at the peak of their career just started being managed by a drunk hillbilly. Yeah. Like who is obsessed with gambling and like hookers. I mean, it literally is unimaginable. Now, what do you think of Madonna's silence on all of this? I'm honestly not surprised by Madonna's silence. I've, I've in recent years felt very weird about Britney and Madonna's relationship. And I used to like worship it Cause it's like, you know, she passed down the torch and all that dumb shit that everybody used to say. Um, but I feel a little bit weird about Britney's relationship with her. I feel like Madonna really took, also took part in like hanging her out to dry and like letting, that's not the right saying. <laughs> I'm not even drinking. Hanging her out to dry. Is that the saying? Yeah, you're correct. That's it, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I feel like Madonna really very much left her out to dry um, after their kiss, I've, re- I've been like rereading yeah. a lot of stuff about that. And, um, Madonna like told the public that it was Britney's idea and that like Britney was the reason that there was tongue and all this stuff just to kind of like get people talking about it more. And I was like, why would you do that? Not now, Madonna. Not right now. Um, but she's never really been as supportive of her as she pretends to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I could see that for sure. Yeah. I mean, all we can do is really hope that amplified voices, more people speak out, more powerful people speak out. Fans can mm-hmm. only do so much, you know. We can only cause so much noise on podcasts, on Twitter, on Facebook, on TikTok. But I really hope that it just continues. But yeah, I just hope that people in the industry, like, you know, it would be really cool. And not just like a tweet. Right. Like do something, like, you know, like Kim Kardashian could like do something. 
she really could like there are people who like really could like do something make a huge change if somebody massive like that if somebody like Beyonce was like no like I want to like physically do something or say something publicly that would be so major so I just yeah that's my hope do you think we'll get that I don't know I don't think from Beyonce to be honest I don't know maybe Kim I could see Kim saying and doing something for sure I could totally see Kim getting involved for sure um but doesn't Lou Taylor have ties to the Kardashians I've read that but I don't know if it's true yeah she has a lot of celebrity ties just in general okay you know because she also like manages other people other celebrities that you would never like guess like I forgot some of them but she's like linked to so many people in Hollywood I'd be like, get me the fuck out of here before it happens. Could you imagine? Could you imagine being like, oh, my manager, Lou Taylor, is going to stop by real quick? I'd be like, what? (laughs) I'd be like, I'm not famous, but I got to go. Yeah. (laughs) I need to protect my assets. Yeah. (laughs) My debt. (laughs) Oh, well, Troy, I appreciate you coming on. Before we end, I know I've asked you this before. I want to know your top Britney songs. Oh God, they, I know, they change every time I talk to you. Um, okay, so right today I'm going to say. Let's say today after the hearing, after letting it sit with you for a little bit, what are your top Britney songs? Okay, um, there's a song that I really love that I've been listening to a lot called I've Just Begun Having My Fun. It's a real like rebel Britney song, mm-hmm. like wild child, flower power, Drew Barrymore Britney song. Okay. Um, super good. I love Don't Let Me Be the Last to Know. I think it's just like the most beautiful underrated ballad. Shania Twain, what more could you ask for? Britney yes. Spears singing a Shania Twain song. And um, I will end by saying, ah, um, today, because I'm, I'm in, I'm in a, a ballad kind of mood, I'm going to say every time. Okay, I was hoping every time would make <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm feeling sappy. Well, Troy, I'm going to roll out the red carpet. Where can everybody find you? Uh, well, my podcast is called Dunzo, D-U-N-Z-O. Um, and yeah, you can follow me on Insta at Dunzo Podcast. You can follow me on everything at Troy McEady. It's T-R-O-Y-M-C-E-A-D-Y. That's it. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to have you on and talk about Taylor. Taylor? yes yes (laughs) I'm gonna basically ask you to host my podcast because I feel so inappropriate even telling you anything about her it's okay I'm here for it (laughs) yeah well thank you for having me I'm obsessed with you thank you I'm so obsessed with you